Hey everybody, this is Jay, and welcome to the Unknown Hey, regions. hey, whoa, 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 what are you doing? What do you mean, what am I doing? I'm starting out our show, with introductions like we usually do. Yeah, but this isn't our show. What? You don't remember that we're recording with Steve today? Steve? What? Now Steve's outside shoveling, man, he ain't recording with us. No, not your neighbor, Steve. Steve Glosson. Oh, you mean Big Honkin' Steve from Geek Out Loud, the official podcast of geekoutonline.com. Yeah, that, that would be the one. Well, if that's the case, then uh, where's that cool Justice League music? Well, I think I hear it now. episode of Geek Out Loud, Tom and Jay from the Unknown Regions regions joins us. It's a podcast all about the EU, and we're going to talk about uh, the Star Wars Expanded Universe, the Clone Wars cartoon. Uh, we're going to geek out a little bit about Star Wars, which, hey, always works for me. On this, your safe place to geek out, this is the Geek Out Loud podcast. the official podcast of geekoutonline.com. And you know what I'm going to tell you about geekoutonline.com? I'm going to promise you that um, there's going to be new content there soon, very soon, as I shut a, door, a drawer. Um, Big Honk and Steve along with you, as I always am on this, your safe place to geek out. Glad to have you along with us. Glad that you're here today. And uh, this month we've got a, a real special show. It's going to be, a, it's going to be one of those where you got to strap in because it, it could take a while to get through. Had a great conversation with the guys uh, from the Unknown Regions podcast. The Unknown Regions is a podcast, as, you'll, as we'll talk about a little bit as we get into a conversation with Jay and Tom, that's very thorough. It's a very thorough discussion of individual books and works uh, within the Star Wars Expanded Universe. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with the Star Wars Expanded Universe, it is the place where you go to really geek out about Star Wars. It is anything beyond the movies or the television show uh, is the Expanded Universe. And um, and we'll talk a little bit about the history. We'll get into it and, and have a good time talking to these guys. It's a long conversation, so we don't, have a, we don't really have any time this go-around for emails or that sort of thing, but... We'll try to get an email episode done uh, even before this month is out. I, I, had I had I edited this particular episode in time, um, this would have this could have actually been out in February and given us two two podcasts in the month of February. However, I did not do that because I'm a loser. So that's fun. That's fun. 
So what we'll try to do is before the month of March is out, get another email-centric episode done for you guys uh, in the month of March to, to kind of see what you're geeking out about and see what's going on because we are headed into a great summer of movies, and we're all it's almost upon us. So a uh, lot to talk about coming down the pipe and, and really excited uh, to talk about some things that, that are coming. And I'm looking at you, Iron Man, too. I'm even looking at you, Clash of the Titans. And do not forget in December, Tron Legacy. So anyhow, without further ado, let's jump into the conversation that I had the opportunity to have with uh, Jay and Tom from the Unknown Regions. All right, well, on this episode, I'm really excited to have uh, two guys who are doing a podcast based on the expanded universe of Star Wars. Everyone that listens to the show and has listened to any amount of time So everything you've heard on this show from way back in episode one comes because basically as a kid, I loved Star Wars and, and could never get enough of it. And, could, and from there, it just branched off into a million other things. And so uh, when these guys got in touch with me, said, hey, we're doing an Expanded Universe podcast, I had to check it out. And uh, I, would, I would suggest if you're a fan of the Star Wars Expanded Universe that you check it out. Uh, this is uh, Ray and Rob from the Unknown Regions. <laughs> Actually, I'm I'm sorry. It's Jay and Tom uh, from the Unknown Regions podcast. Uh, guys, let's let's introduce ourselves individually first. Jay, how's it going? Uh, not too bad, man. Now, for not those of, yeah, for those of you who just to keep voices straight, you know my voice. Jay, just picture him as Ray Romano. You'll be fine. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, is I've never heard that before until you sent that email to me. Are you serious? And, yeah, I am, and now I get it all the time. That's crazy, man. It's when that is your face is Ray Romano's face to me when you're doing uh, when I'm listening to you guys. And then, of course, uh, his his partner in crime and uh, and and good. I guess you guys are good friends. We'll talk about all that in a second. Tom, Tom, how How are you, you sir? Yeah, I'm doing good, Steve. Tom's the guy who who's going to sound more like normal. No, I, I was really embarrassed because, like, literally, the way I do Geek Out Loud, guys, is, I, is I'm very off the cuff. I basically will throw down an outline um, in as much as I'll make a little little hash mark, and then I'll say, you know, and I'll put introduce Jay and Tom, you know, or and then I'll go from there into, you know, and just little hash marks, and then I'll just talk about each point as, as I move through the show. Mm-hmm. And um, when I was trying to talk about you guys – like I had not written your names down and I just could not remember for the life of me in the midst of recording your name. And I said, I can either be totally offensive and go for the podcasting humor here, or I can go back and recut and edit. And quite frankly, going back and recutting and editing took a little more work. So I said, I'll just leave it in. And, uh, and then you guys kind of busted my chops on the following episode of Fun Regions Full. <laughs> yeah, when we introduced ourselves like that. That's right. Yeah, it was we had a lot of fun. <laughs> well, guys, welcome to Geek Out Loud. Thanks, man. Thank, thank you for having us, Steve. Um, tell us a little bit about the show, about Unknown Regions, how you guys got started, how you guys know each other, and all that good stuff. What, do want you take want to start, this Jay? No, you okay, go for it. it. All right. <laughs> well... Back um, back in the 90s, mid-90s, Jay and I met when we were going to college to ITT Tech in Youngstown, Ohio. And um, we just started talking because 
you know, back even back in 96, there were rumors about George Lucas starting, you know, the prequel trilogy and everything and him getting ready to re-release the uh, the Star Wars um, special ex- editions, special edition. Thank you. Right, right. And so Jay and I just started talking about Star Wars and that's how we became friends. And we've been friends ever since. And I got him started in the expanded universe with um, the Shadows of the Empire book by okay. um like well, Steve Perry. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was an excellent book. And so, you know, our friendship has just blossomed from that and about 5 years ago I some events happened in my life and I had to move cross country. I'm in Washington state now and Jay's in Ohio, so we chatted, you know, on the phone and everything and then on the computer and then listening to you and Derek Steve do um Sky Next. Right. Jay actually got in contact with me first. He's like, have you heard this podcast? I'm like, no. So he's like, check it out. So I did. And hilarious. So as we talked back and forth, I'm like, you know what? I think we can do that. Why don't we do it on something we know, which is Star Wars? And he's like, well, there's a whole lot of Star Wars podcasts out there. And so we looked around and we didn't find a whole lot of like EU podcasts because everything was – basically focusing on the movies or right. on the on the upcoming Clone Wars TV show at the time. Yeah. So we're like, you know, we both like to read the books, so why don't we do it on that? So that's how the Unknown Regions was born. Okay, cool. And there's actually a lot of EU podcasts out there now that uh, <laughs> we got into this. We found that there's more than just us out there, which right, is cool. Right, right. Um, uh, you guys have recently become part of a whole network, though, of, of Star Wars audio. Yes, uh, we became a member of FanWorks, okay. uh, which is over at StarWarsFanWorks.com. We were contacted by them. They liked our show and said, hey, you guys want to join our family? And we did, and it's really helped our show blossom with listeners and just great being a part of their community of mm-hmm. uh, podcasters because that's what we feel like is like a family. Uh, we all keep in contact with each other, and it's really awesome. Yeah. And, uh, and you guys won an award for rookie of the year yes yes we did through them is now was that a fan works thing yeah it was a fan works only voting within the community mm-hmm. so it was kind of cool that uh you know we were voted rookie of the year well tied for rookie of the year right uh with uh, another guy and uh it was yeah. all voting inside so it was kind of cool but now the guy the guy you tied with he can't really be called a rookie uh, right. not, not at all Right. He's uh, Nathan P. Butler. He's basically the founder of Star Wars Fanworks, and he's got a whole lot of uh, podcasts out there. But the one that we tied with him was like one of his new ones. So it was it was a rookie podcast for the 2009 year. Yeah, but yeah, let's call just... shenanigans on the founder of Fanworks getting an award. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, that, exactly. It was fine, too, because on the uh, the award show, they uh, he won more than one award. And the uh, the host of the award show was like, you know. Is it really right? Should we even be giving Nathan any awards? Because he's doing the counting of the awards, and you know, it's just kind of humorous to listen to the show. Nice, nice. Yeah, and a little funny story behind that. I almost got the Unknown Regions disqualified from the voting before it <laughs> yeah. really even started. Because uh, I saw that we were up for awards, and I didn't even read any of the rules for it. So I jumped onto uh, Twitter, and I put, hey, we're up for these awards. Go vote for us. And then Nathan got in contact with us and say, hey, uh, this is breaking one of the rules of the, you know, uh, pimp out voting. Mm-hmm. So he's like, you better take that down or you're going to be disqualified. 
So, yeah, it didn't uh, help too with that three-hour difference between us. You were still in bed, you know, yeah. and he's sending this disqualification thing out. I was like, oh, no, what did Tom do? <laughs> <laughs> so I nice. almost I almost shot us in the foot before it even started. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, on, on your show, you guys have a, have a unique format in – in as much as you're you're kind of going in a way you're you're taking uh, novels and comics uh, from the expanded universe from Star Wars, and the way I kind of understand it is is you'll do uh, you'll do something from a certain era from an earlier era, and then the next episode will be something from a later era, and kind of ping pong back and forth. I mean, you guys right. aren't all over the place with your style once you're doing right. Mm-hmm. Well. We had when we first started um, last year. It's been almost a year that we've been doing the podcast. When we first started, our whole plan was to take from the timeline the very first thing, which was the Tales of the Jedi comic series, mm-hmm. and just work through all the comics and the books, you know, straight through all the way up. And we started getting emails in, and people were saying, "Hey, we enjoy your show, but..." we're not really getting involved with any of these characters. We don't know these characters. Is it possible for you to review some books for characters? I know, you know, like the, basically what I call the modern characters, the right. Luke Slayers and stuff like that. And so Jay and I started talking and we and we decided it was a good idea. So that's why we're still kind of going in time frame. Mm-hmm. but like our next episode coming up, as we're recording this is going to be the Greg bear novel rogue planet, which right before that, the, the uh, prequel novel we did was, um, Darth Maul shadow hunter. Right. So in the timeline, those two fall in line like that. But in between we bounced into the, uh, galactic civil war era Mm -hmm. and did Luke Skywalker and the shadows of Mindor. So yes, we're bouncing around the timeline, but we're trying to stay in chronological order as we do that, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Sure, sure. Um, well, that's what I'm saying is you guys don't bounce around. Like, to try to make sure that everyone's included. Like, you might have people that aren't into uh, pre-Episode 1 EU or even prequel EU. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, it's as you said, you'll take something. As you're going in chronological order, you have, okay, here's Jedi's tales or the old republic and then the next episode will be luke skywalker's in the shadow of mendor and then you'll go back to uh to the other so i think that's cool right. i think it's great i think it includes everyone that's into the eu and and what they have to uh and, and what they're into now you guys also are very detailed in your recaps of what you're talking about so mm-hmm. uh, you're a spoiler podcast by the way yes we um, are you know, with no warning at the beginning. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, the only the only reason we don't give a warning at the beginning is we try to review books that have been out for like ever. Right. Um, yeah. Shadows of Mendor and Death Troopers were the only two that we've done that are recent novels. Mm-hmm. Right. And we do like those. Like when we did Shadows of the Mendor, I think the episode before that we did put out. You know, if you haven't read this yet. You know, you might not want to listen or you might just want to listen up to we give the review and then skip forward. What was behind the decision to be so detailed in your recaps of things rather than just give a quick, you know, synopsis and then really just be real detailed in your reviews? What why why so detailed in your recap of what you're reading? 
I think we chose to do that because not everybody has um, a chance to read a novel or have the time to maybe even listen to the audiobook. Mm-hmm. So what we would like to do is give you, you know, the listener, a uh, full recap of the story. So yeah. it's fully detailed. You don't miss anything. Because some of the recaps that we've seen, they leave a lot of good information out. Mm-hmm. You know, so Tom and I like we don't, we don't want to do this. We want to be a fully detailed. This is what the story is, and who's ever listening to the show can say, "Hey, you know, I kind of feel like I read that now." Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's kind of where we decided to go with that. Well, you know, kudos to you guys on saying here's what we want to do, and and this is the direction we're going to take. Uh, you know, because a lot of people end up trying to mimic what they've heard, and and they right. end up being more copycats of of what they've heard and known, rather mm-hmm. than. You know, this is what I want to do, and I'm going to put this out there. Uh, that's the cool thing to me about podcasting in general is, is there's no set formula for it. You know, and and honestly, people are so hungry for some type of entertainment, or you know, just to hear people talk about what they're into. Uh, you know, they jump to it, and it's not just on the geek, you know, side of things that 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 this podcast and tends to be on and that sort of thing, but also just in general. And and it's and it's awesome to see you know formulas that have been set in stone through broadcast radio and that sort of thing for years kind of you know the mold's a little bit broken by people because they're like you know what we're just going to take and do this so kudos to you guys for for jumping out and doing that now here's the thing let's let's go ahead we've we've thrown about some few terms and we need to we need to define these things uh you guys have an eu podcast uh, right. If you're really into politics, most people are going to think EU. They're going to hear European <laughs> Union. <laughs> that's yeah. not what. That's not what you guys are all about. No, no the EU is for expanded universe. Mm-hmm. And the and the expanded universe, as it pertains to Star Wars in particular, means mm-hmm. any. Well, what is that? What is the you you guys tell us? You tell us it's, what is the expanded universe. It's basically when you say Star Wars to somebody, they automatically think Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker, Obi-Wan Kenobi. They automatically go to the movies. Mm-hmm. And the expanded universe is everything outside the movies, outside of I'm going to say seven. the visual the visual spectrum. You've got okay. you've got the prequel trilogy, you have the original trilogy, and now you have the Clone Wars um, TV animated series, which is I would call that all you know. That's all canon. That's all the uh, George Lucas approved stuff. All the books, comics, games, card games, everything else out there that puts you into the Star Wars universe is basically expanded universe. Just expanding on George Lucas's universe. Okay. All right. So that's when when you hear the term for the rest for the remainder of the show. When, for those of you who are uninitiated, when you hear the term EU, that's what we're referring to is the whole idea of the EU. Now, the reason I wanted to have you guys on is because, A, you're Star Wars fans. I mean, yes. you know, I'm a Star Wars fan. What? Let, let's talk Star Wars for just a second and, and how we got into it. I don't, I'm not sure how old you guys are. I think you're about my age. If you were in college in the mid-90s, you're about my age. Yeah, um, I just, um, I actually just turned 36 like two weeks ago. Okay, yeah, so a little bit I'm older 34. than me. All right, so both of you guys are a little older than me, my elders here. <laughs> in, in today, so I, gosh, I have to be respectful now. Son of a not son. really. Hold on a second, Edna. Oh yes, we got Edna. Get me some younger people to talk to. I like I like to feel like the elder statesman of the podcast. Oh no, Tom's ancient. He just turned thirty six. 
<sighs> Anyhow, sorry, guys. guys get into star wars well um i was three mm-hmm. when a new hope came to theater so i don't ever remember seeing that in the movie theater sure the first movie i remember seeing in the theater was empire strikes back mm-hmm. and it was just um you know my mom took me to see it i was a boy it was basically at the time you know it would be more considered a boy movie so she took me to see it I loved it, you know, collected the figures and everything. And like any kid of the 80s, totally destroyed the figures when I collected them. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, it just spawned from that. And then, yeah, definitely had to see um, Return of the Jedi when that came out. And I believe I didn't see A New Hope until it, like, premiered on TV. Wow. Whenever the heck that was, you know. Yeah. Because that was before we could afford the VCR. You know, when the VCR first came out, it was like a thousand some odd dollars. Sure, sure. So <laughs> I, I think A New Hope came on TV. Star Wars came on TV for the first time. Maybe uh, I, I do. I talked to uh, Jimmy Mack and Jay's from Forecast about this. I want to mm-hmm. say it was the five year anniversary okay. of the show, and it was on CBS. Okay, so and, that's uh, probably when I first saw it. Yeah. So and that, it just. Yeah. It just permeated my life. I remember wanting the toys and everything. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there was there was the little lull, you know, after Return of the Jedi. There wasn't much Star Wars going on. And oh, I have it to admit, sad. and this might get me kicked off the show, but okay. I went to Star Trek. I'm a Star Trek fan. All right. I, Finding the little red Skype button now. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I'm a fan of all the sci-fi that has Star in it. But um, your, I'm your first, general, your wars, your Trek. The Gate, Gate. Galactica, <laughs> yeah. So, oh, yeah, um, the Battle Galactica version of Star uh, yeah. Search. So. Well, not really yeah. Search. It, it, that's not too sci-fi. Oh, okay. Right. But no, I mean, but I'm first and foremost a uh, a Star Wars fan. You walk into my house, it's Star Wars everywhere. Right. So that's that's how I got into it. Oh, Jay. Mm-hmm. Well, oh man, it's a long time to remember, but. Uh, yeah, so I remember seeing. I, I vaguely remember seeing Empire in the theater. Jay's acting vaguely. like the old fogey. He's like <laughs> you can't remember anything. Yeah, uh, I, I, I vaguely remember seeing Empire in the theater, but I really remember seeing uh, Jedi, and coming home with my dad. My dad took me to see the movies, and I remember seeing that. Now, you know, I, I love the movies, and I thought they were great. Got the toys, just like Tom said that he did. But I gotta admit that when it came to the toys and stuff, I went mm-hmm. more GI Joe. And uh, kind of got hooked on the G.I. Joe sure, and sure. 
you know, didn't come back to Star Wars until many years later. Yeah. And, and, until I got to dive into everything at uh, at an older age, you know, especially, you know, when we went to school in the 90s and that's a long time. But it's pretty much what it felt like. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just that, that law. And, you know, now I'm, I'm hooked and everything that dominates my life is Star Wars, you know. Hmm. If it's not church, it's Star Wars. I mean, that's pr- <laughs> you know, that's pretty much, you know, my priority. Uh, you know, God, Star Wars. You know, Lord, so. Lord and Savior, Creator of the universe, yes. and Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, All Star right. Wars. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, my my money and everything, you know, uh, went to Star Wars, and uh, it was kind of funny though, because when Tom and I, you know, we met and I got to see all this expanded universe stuff, he was showing me some of the newer figures, and I'm like, oh, they got new figures out. I got to check this out. So I would buy, you know, a few here and there. And then I'm like, you know, I'm going to beat him in figures. I'm going to see as many figures as I can buy. And I would go to Toys R Us with the credit card. Still paying for that today. Yeah. And, (laughs) you know, just buy as many as I possibly could. And I'm like, Tom, you got to see how many figures I have now. And completely left him in the dust. Oh, yeah. Back then, back then I had like maybe probably 20, 30 figures from the newer line, you know, you know. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Luke, and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jay got that credit card. He's got a wall. He, he's got a wall that he constantly <laughs> updates. Yeah, Jay, does, it, does it bother you that those figures from the 90s, you can go buy, like, lots of them for about 10 bucks on eBay? Yeah, that does kind of suck. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really does. You see, they're like, oh, man, I paid that much for them, and now... I can get twenty. Yeah, for the same what? price. Yeah, <laughs> and still paying so interest charges, all that good stuff. Yeah. Um. So, do you you have a wall in your house, then, Jay? Uh, yeah, I have. Uh, my my bedroom. Uh, okay. Uh, is uh just completely done in figures, and it rotates. I rotate the walls with the movies. Uh, episode two and episode one figures are now gone. I still have some three. Got some Clone Wars figures. Got some of the newer the newer ones and. Uh, I gotta say though, when it comes to these newer figures, man, they're just awesome. The the, <laughs> the new, new stuff. Oh my oh, gosh, man. the new stuff they're putting out is amazing, and I hate that my that my uh, my Walmart doesn't get the good Star Wars figures. It really irks me. Yeah, um, I, I heard yeah. that, and I have the same problem. Oh really? Oh yeah, I have the same problem. In fact, I even went to Toys R Us because I'm looking for a specific figure, and my Toys R Us doesn't even have it. Oh wow, what are you so, looking for? Yeah. What, what were you looking for? I'm looking for Jaina. Jaina Solo. Who okay. Is, is that even out yet, though? I believe so, yeah. It was supposed to come out in January. At least that's what All I right. reported on in our show. Okay. So unless they pushed it back, which is probably what happened, and mm-hmm. I'm out searching for something that's not even on the shelves yet. Right, know? right. Well, what you do, what you do with that, if if you get – see, the thing is, is, is our Walmart doesn't even get any of the Legacy or Saga collections in anymore. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they just carry straight-up Clone Wars. And uh, and so what I've found, though, is in stores that do carry that, if you just kind of be persistent and keep checking, they'll they'll show up eventually. And mm-hmm. then you'll won't be able. And what what I've hated about collecting, not hated, but one of the things that's really bugged me about collecting lately is, is when I do find a new wave, I feel like and, and usually I'll find that wave of figures on a shelf and there'll be like one of each one on the shelf. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so the pressure there is, okay, I need to pick these up now. Mm-hmm. And so I'll drop money on the wave, uh, you know, and I, I've gotten where I don't really buy a lot of repacks and stuff unless it's like army builder type things, clones, stormtroopers, whatever the case may be. Right. And, and, um, and then three weeks later, that's all that'll, that wave will just be permeating the shelves and that's all that'll be there for months. 
Mm-hmm. And so what happens is around here in these smaller towns, those figures sit on the shelves for three or four months, and I totally miss two two or three waves in between. And I'm like, ah! I just want to bang <laughs> oh, yeah. my head. I'm like, I've got a Star Wars room. <laughs> Come on! Yeah. So are you still yeah. in the collecting side of things, Tom? Well, I, you know, my financial intake has been drastically reduced since I got laid off in mm-hmm. February of 2009. Wow. So, yeah. So, no, I'm not. I, I've i actually kind of stopped collecting the figures, except for a few here and there. I'm kind of gearing my collection now. I'm going with more the books, mm-hmm. the novels, because that's something I can actually physically read and stuff. I don't play it play with my figures anymore i mean i do have them on some of them on display the other ones are in a tupperware container out in the garage yeah but wait a minute minute. when we were recording the other day when i called you you had your video on you had figures there man Mm. i have figures but i'm not playing no no, i mean you were playing with those i'm not i'm not darth helmet darth helmet from uh you got to come out of the closet here buddy you were (laughs) no um Someone but, actually called me on mine one time. They're like, so do you play with these things? I'm like, no, I just kind of set them up and, you know, on shelves and stuff and display. And they're like, so you play with them? I'm like, no, I just kind of make scenes with them. So you play with them. Uh, son of a... Hey, if I played with them, I would be the first to admit. Because, I, like I said, I just turned 36, but, you know, mentally I'm like 10. So, so Princess still... Vespa. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But no, I mean, to me, I I understand we're in different times, inflation and everything. But to me, I can't see dropping eight to ten dollars on a chunk of plastic. Yeah, that's what that's what's caused me. I've really narrowed down my collecting mm-hmm. uh, because of that fact. You know, that's why I've dropped off getting repacks and that sort of thing, because I can't pay for a figure I already have. Exactly. Um, I, you know. And with that, I don't understand why they do that. I mean, how many Lukes in Dagobah gear do we really need? You know what I mean? It depends on how you got your room set up. Yeah. yeah. You know. <laughs> that is true. true. I mean, I, I do appreciate what, what the, I think the attempt is if you miss this the first time around, here's another chance to get it. Yeah. You know, I know that it's a money making thing, and I know there are some collectors out there which, quite frankly, this baffles me. I've got to have this on this card. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, I, on one hand, I can see that. But on the other hand, it's like, calm down. You're the reason <laughs> I couldn't get this the first time around. You know. <laughs> <Exactly>. and, uh, <laughs> right. But, hey, I'm really excited because they're bringing the vintage style carding back. Mm-hmm. With, like, like it was back in the day when we were kids. And you'd go to the store and there would be the Kenner, the black card with just the, the image of the character on the card and then the little bubble with the figure in it and so uh they're bringing that back for all six episodes in fact sweet yeah so you're gonna have attack of the clones phantom menace and revenge of the sith uh that's cool yeah vintage what i what i liked about that packaging though is every figure came with a carbonite block they were put in that little plastic i don't know if you remember (laughs) it that, that little plastic coffin thing basically that kept them you know from moving, moving around, from moving kept around. Their, yeah 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 kept their to me after um empire and return of the jedi came out everybody was frozen in carbonite <laughs> <laughs> just turn that little card around you had the reverse right. image there's han in carbonite right there <laughs> look leia's in carbonite too <laughs> well see i threw all my packaging away so 
Uh, I did after a while, but yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, well, the reason I have you guys on, honestly, is because I was listening to several shows in a row, and 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 I guess we need to really kind of get to the basis of this conversation that we're about to have, and and let me set the stage for everyone. Here um, comes Jay. Here, yeah, Jay, you ready? Because you're the one, sir. Yeah, I know. I'm the one. You know, you're the one that's been really just, you know, shooting off at the mouth. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not only is he getting a little senile, he's acting old and grumpy. <laughs> This all started sincerely uh, in in earnest because of the internet back in back when the prequels first came out. You know, a lot of people had their preconceived notions personally about how things would have played out for Anakin and, and what that was going to what all that would entail. And so there was a lot of disillusionment disillusionment with the prequels when when they came about from people. But not only that, uh, back in the nineties, uh, early nineties. Star Wars first started to appear back on the shelves. There was a really slow time, uh, a, a, a dark time, and I don't mean that, you know, in, in like, uh, by dark, I mean like when a TV show goes dark, it's just nowhere to be seen. It's nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. It, it was there was there was just a time where you couldn't go out and, and find Star Wars. There might be an occasional calendar that would pop up. You know, there might be something like that, you know, but by and large... It was gone, you know, <laughs> and and people like me who were Star Wars fans and always had a poster of the Millennium Falcon on his wall and that sort of thing, even through high school, uh, my toys actually stayed in my closet, n- not put up uh, until I went to college. Um, and, you know, and, and that was just one of those things. I just had, I didn't play with them or pull them out or anything, but it was just like, there they are, you know, and I didn't really have a way to display them at the time, but but I wasn't going to get rid of them. Right. Um, and uh, and so it was so it was in the early nineties. I remember being in a bookstore and seeing in gold letters on that blue background Star Wars, and I was like, "What is this?" And uh, you know that Star Wars font and everything. And I go and pick it up, and it's a book called "Heir to the Empire" by Tim- Timothy Zahn. Mm-hmm. Um, being a younger kid at the time, I didn't have the disposable income to drop uh, seventeen, eighteen bucks on a hardback book. Uh, but when that thing came out in paperback, I bought it and completely devoured it. Uh, read it. Probably it was the first book I remember reading multiple times. Um, you know, I just could not get enough of, to be back in this universe, back with these characters. And uh, I was totally buying into everything. And then Dark Force Rising comes out. Of course, I jumped on that. And then, of course, The Last Command, I jumped on that. And and just absolutely have such fond memories of those Timothy Zahn books. Well, that was really the resurgence. That began the resurgence of Star Wars fandom. And it began in earnest the uh, publishers and, and Lucasfilm licensing really letting loose with some of this expanded universe stuff. Uh, that's yeah. that's kind of what kicked it all off uh, in recent times. Now, there had been expanded universe stuff prior to that, the Marvel comic series, Splinter of the Mind's Eye, which was a novel. 
um, there was a, a newspaper strip even that mm-hmm. that was a Star Wars newspaper strip. You might consider uh, the Ewok movie uh, and <laughs> the Battle for Endor. You might consider those expanded universe. You might even consider Ewoks and Droids, the cartoons expanded universe. But um, you're, for, you're forgetting one. You're, the, you're the, forgetting the holiday special. Yes, you the might top cons- of the mountain right you there. Might, you might consider that expanded. I consider that uh, G level canon. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> well, what? G, yeah. so, G level doesn't even consider that G level. That's right. That's right. That's that someone. Happens. It was like someone was drunk when they did this. Um, <laughs> or someone was drunk, high, and there was a, someone in a coma that just uh, messed. Apparently, they're sporadic jerks, or or what? Yeah, what direction was. Uh, yeah, wrote the script indeed. Uh, <laughs> uh, that was the script for the Wookiee talk. Um, <laughs> anyhow, no, but but honestly, what happened there with with the Timothy Zahn books is is there there began to be a push toward let's expand on, and this is where the expanded universe idea came from. Let's expand on what happened in these movies because for the longest time, uh, there in the nineties. Uh, the only stuff you really got took place post Return of the Jedi. Yes. And um, and 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 but by the time I'd graduated high school, we had not only the Zon trilogy. There were the Dark Empire series one and two uh, that were comics from Dark Horse. There was um, uh, the the Kevin J. Anderson's. Um, Jedi Academy trilogy. There was the Young Readers Jedi Academy books that featured Jason and Jaina and their exploits. And and uh, by the time I graduated high school, your guys' favorite had been published, um, Courtship of Princess Leia. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, which I know you guys you guys haven't gotten to that yet, and and you've already made it apparently clear, abundantly clear that that's not your favorite book. But it does have one of my favorite lines from Star Wars of all time. What's that? Okay. Kiss my Wookie. <laughs> <laughs> I but, forgot uh, yeah. that line's in there. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to get Tom to skip the book, but he he doesn't want to no, do it. No, you can't skip the book. You need to go back. You need to reread That's it. What I tell him. You need to embrace Kiss My Wookie and the hollow vid of Yoda <laughs> making his report to the to the ancient Jedi Council, all that good stuff. Yeah. Um but uh anyhow, then you hit the prequel time. And and with the prequels and by the time you hit 1999, uh, when when the Phantom Menace came out, there were already dozens of Star Wars novels on the shelves from, uh, you know, everything from uh, from the main characters from the movies being focused on to uh, the Rogue Squadron books to uh, just um, anthologies like Tales from Jabba's Palace and Tales from Mos Eisley. There had been video games, the Shadow of the Empires, uh, the Shadows of the Empire. Uh, promotion that went out and 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 that was you know i remember when that all happened and went down because i because what they were saying an insider and what was being said all around was this is the release of a movie with everything but the movie and it was done so well with the video game the novel the comics the toys um you know so by the time as i said by the time that we roll around and, and toys had already started to flood the shelves by the time you hit 1999 Dozens mm-hmm. of books, all kinds of merchandising promoting Star Wars, and and we were you know the special editions that hit. We're we're back in the game, and so it was. It was the late '90s when we started to get comics, particularly Dark Horse. I know with the the Tales of the Jedi 
and mm-hmm. and uh, and the stuff from the old old republic from thousands of years prior to uh, to um, to the Star Wars that we know on the movies. Well, as Lucas released the prequels, um, the I, I think the biggest point of contention wasn't midichlorians. I don't think the big <laughs> as far as EU people go. I don't think the biggest point of contention was Anakin and how he came to do things. I think the biggest point of contention as far as EU people went was the origins of Boba Fett. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. the fact that here's this kid, he's a clone of this bounty hunter, uh, Jango Fett. And because, there, because his stuff in the comics had and in the, and in the EU had gotten all befuddled and messed up. And so then we hit Revenge of the Sith. And, and come to find out the Clone Wars was nothing that any of us dreamed it was. You know, the, the attack of the clones kicked that off, and, and it ended in Revenge of the Sith, and, and everyone's like, what? You know, this, wow, this is, you know, there's a lot here. And, and so there started to be this kind of a schism in the Star Wars fan community mm-hmm. uh, where you had people who just had devoured the expanded universe, and and every book that came out, every comic that came out, they they were making timelines. They were, you know, really into all this stuff, and really, you know, and and, and they 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 just lived and died by the expanded universe stuff. I remember when I was at Celebration Three, we were standing in line uh, waiting for something, and I was joking with my friend. I was like, "It's so nice not to be the biggest nerd." In in the bunch, he's like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "Watch this." Hey, can anyone tell me how Yaddle died? <laughs> And someone piped in with some long drawn out story of how this happened in such and such a book, or and I'm like, I rest my case, um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but the thing is, is the schism began to develop because there were a lot of people who just they they just stuck with what they saw on the screen as being the end all of the Star Wars mythos, and mm-hmm. and then there were those who who went to the expanded universe and said, but there's so much more and you need to know this, 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 and this. And, um, flash forward then to 2008. And, uh, and, and what comes on, comes down the pipe. It, it was an animated series we'd been hearing about for years. I remember the first time I heard about it was at Celebration 3 in 05. And in 2008, it's debuted on screen, on the big screen, uh, through uh, a, a feature film. And mm-hmm. it made its way to Cartoon Network as an, as an ongoing series, The Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. And with the advent of The Clone Wars, there has been, oh, guys, so much fallout in the Star yes. Wars fan community about, and, and people taking sides. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, I'm, what do you guys, I mean, let, let's, let's go ahead right off the bat and, and just talk about the impact <laughs> of the Clone Wars on the expanded universe. What what have you guys seen has been the other than other than some of the fallout and the fighting, the infighting between the Star Wars family that we are, what what has been so what has been the impact of this show on the expanded universe? Well mm. I I personally thinks thinks I personally think that it has expanded the expanded universe because now we're getting the stories from the Clone Wars. We're getting the books, the novels, the comics, the T V show. Um, I think it's also taking what has already been established and kind of tweaking it a little bit, which mm-hmm. to me 
some things are okay because as it's been put out there on various podcasts, Lucas has said it and stuff. Everything you're seeing is basically from the point of view of somebody. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we there was the um, the Clone Wars mini episodes before Episode Three came out. Those twelve the minute Tarkowski episodes, series. yeah, the Tarkowski series. And there's the one in particular where you see the boy standing on this cliff overlooking this valley, and you see just Mace Windu decimating oh, yeah, yeah. these millions of super battle droids. Oh, sure, yeah. So we see you this on TV. Happen? Well, <laughs> come we, on, we see Sam Jackson. <laughs> we, we see this. We see this in the 12 minute episode. Is there any way that one Jedi, be it a Jedi Master, could take on this many super battle droids and live? Probably not. Well, I think it, I think we know they can't based on what we saw in Attack of the Clones. Right. Mm-hmm. But my, my point is, we're probably seeing it from this boy's point of view. He went back and told his buddies, guess what I just saw? I just saw right. this guy take on billions of these droids. It might have been just a squadron of the droids, right. you know, right. just a platoon, which is more than likely doable. But in a tank. <laughs> what yeah, tank? in a tank. <laughs> yeah. But so everything we're seeing is from, as Obi-Wan put it, a certain point of view. Mm-hmm. So me, you, and Jay could see one event, and each of us will have a different take on what we just saw. Right. Which is what I think is happening with the EU and the Clone Wars TV series, except Mm -hmm. for one huge thing that we can probably get into a little later. Which I'm sure we will. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Jay? Oh, man. Uh, I agree with Tom. I mean, there's, I don't think there's too much to add unless we get into the specifics of maybe certain characters that are in the Clone Wars sure, that sure. are different, yeah. you know? And I guess might as well bring it up and can start with Ahsoka. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know, in my opinion, I don't have a problem with Ahsoka's character per se. Mm-hmm. What I have a problem with is her being Anakin's Padawan. Okay, mm. now why, though? Why? Okay. <sighs> I'm trying to figure out exactly how to go here. And it's mainly the reason of Revenge of the Sith. Mm -hmm. Now, I know that we don't know what Ahsoka's fate is, but let's say she dies. Okay. I think, in my opinion, Palpatine will use that in the same little instance he used his mother's death. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and he knew about Padme. So when he's sitting there circling, you know, Anakin and Anakin's got his lightsaber on. He's going to use Ahsoka's death to trigger more anger in Anakin, and it's never mentioned. So unless we get a special edition of Sith, which, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibilities, I just – I think that her character is unnecessary for Anakin's Padawan. All right. Well, let, let, me, let, me, let me offer a rebuttal, if I may. Okay. Um, if you go to that scene in Revenge of the Sith where, that you're talking about where Palpatine reveals himself as – as the Dark Lord, as Sidious to Anakin, mm-hmm. basically. And and they're circling around there and, and he's talking about and he reveals to Anakin, you know, that I'll give you I can show you how to save Padme. That's the huge oh my God moment of 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 that movie because it's like he knows. Mm-hmm. No one's supposed to know this and he knows. You know, and Anakin's is surprised. He's like, what'd you say? And um you know, and that is that is where the temptation comes. Anakin at that point is already you know, 
really conflicted and really confused about everything. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and so I don't know, I don't know that bringing up Ahsoka would do anything other than incite Anakin to rage to kill Palpatine. Um, okay. And, and he would know that if she is to die, if her fate is to die. Now, mm-hmm. also, what happens if in those three years, because Ahsoka in the show has shown herself to be a very capable young Padawan. A little mm-hmm. too strong, in my and, opinion. Well, but. okay, here's the thing. Um, but she's also been forced in these situations where, and, and this is something that comes from the EU, the idea that a lot of Jedi were having to be, a lot of Padawans were having to be promoted to the level of knight, to the rank of Jedi knight, mm-hmm. more quickly because of the war. Right. What if, you know, a little over midway through the war, uh, Ahsoka's promoted to Jedi knight, and she's just off on a mission where she dies? And okay. so Anakin, you know, Anakin, he grieves over that. He's he's troubled over that, but it's not like his mom dying on Tatooine, and and he just couldn't get to her. You know, um, I, you know, I think that uh, I think that the tragedy of Anakin's mom dying is he knows that had he been there, he could have saved her. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. what if it's in a situation where Anakin does do everything he can to save Ahsoka? And mm-hmm. and and though he's grieved by that, and though it kills him, it what that does is that adds to his resolve of I will never be so, un, I will always be you know I resolve now to be powerful enough to that I never lose anyone again, and that's just fortified by the whole Padme thing, mm-hmm. right? I just I, my thing is is I think that what this has done for Anakin is in the Clone Wars is him having a Padawan and him having to be a teacher has has caused this character to be more likable than what we saw this character be in the movies. Um, you know, I didn't like, I, well, let me, I liked Anakin in episode two, but I didn't like him as much as I wanted to like him, you know? Right. And, and I liked him at the beginning of episode three, but I was still tainted by the fact that I didn't like him as much as I wanted to like him <laughs> in attack of the clones. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I I look at Anakin from Attack of the Clones as Luke Skywalker in A New Hope. Luke Skywalker this, kicked up a notch. As yeah, far I mean, as he was Anakin was a whiny brat. Yeah. In Attack of the Clones, he really was. Um and his son, taken after dad, was a whiny brat in A New Hope. Mm-hmm. But come you know, Anakin basically went through the trials in the Clone Wars and comes out the other side in um, Revenge of the Sith as a more mature Jedi yeah. with a whole lot of baggage on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Luke. By the time Return of the Jedi came about, he wasn't the whiny kid from Tatooine anymore. Right, right, right. You know, mm-hmm. so, yeah, I think I think the Clone Wars helps Anakin mature some. And I think I'm in agreement with Jay that I don't like that Ahsoka is Anakin's Padawan. But on the other hand, she helps – not only is he helping her mature, but she helps him mature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, one thing you've talked about, Ahsoka, you, you mentioned even, Jay, she might be a little too powerful. One thing I've liked that they've done with her, though, is is as capable as she is, uh, we haven't really seen her outdo Anakin in, in anything necessarily. Mm-hmm. I, I think particularly in the first – in the movie, in, in, in the first release of The Clone Wars – when they when they have the little competition between the two of them to scale the wall to get up mm-hmm. to the uh, Bomar Monk Monastery, mm-hmm. um, uh, she doesn't beat him. You know he gets up there mm-hmm. first. Um, when when she loses her lightsaber in in a recent episode, um, it takes 
oh, an aged Jedi to teach her calm down. Yeah, um, I like that episode. That was you good. know uh, when with with the holo- with, uh, early on in this season the holocron the holocron heist episode, you know she's capable, and she kind of holds her own against someone that's not really a trained Jedi. They've just kind of taken on the image of a Jedi and are fighting with a lightsaber. But then you watch her against Asajj Ventress, and though she doesn't get killed, she's about to. Mm-hmm. You know, same thing with Grievous. She has to go hide from Grievous. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, her, and her thing with Grievous was running away. She didn't make the mistake that Kit Fisto's former Padawan did and think that he, she could beat him. She, mm-hmm. she took off running, and, and where she could throw some boxes on him, she did. And so I like the fact that they've really shown that she recognizes her limitations, but she's not scared to push herself and okay, that well, she is capable. I think the problem that I had with Ahsoka and with the way they made her look a little bit more powerful than I think they should have is in the episode where it was her and Luminar Unduli and they were mm-hmm. facing off against Asajj. Yeah. And Unduli seemed to not be able to best Asajj and here comes Ahsoka and she had no problem. And I just right. that's the episode I didn't like, whether it was just the way it was wrote. Uh, it just kind of bothered me because she's not going to be more powerful than a Jedi Master. And, you know, whether people look at Unduli as, well, she's an EU character, it doesn't matter. She's not Anakin. She's still a Jedi Master, and I didn't like that. Yeah. I, I really had a sour taste in my mouth. But the other episodes that you're talking about, I really enjoyed. Yeah. I, I love the last episode, or, well, the last episode I think I've seen, the one where she loses her lightsaber. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know, in that one scene, in that one episode with her and, and Luminara, where they take on Asajj, the one thing Ahsoka had, and I, by the way, I'm really glad I got the the wrong verb usage out of you when you said wrote. Um, <laughs> the, uh, yeah. Because the way it was written. Um, yes. The, <laughs> yeah. I heard you got an email about that, and I was yes. like, yes. I notice that all the time, but I, I yeah. give them a pass because it's it on our shows. iTunes review, and I so do it every time. Nice. <laughs> I can't stop myself. <laughs> It's our trademark now. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It really is. Um, but uh, but no, when I felt like she had really on her side the element of surprise. Um, you know, the, because Luminar had said you stay behind, and 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 Asajj's attention was solely on on Luminar. So so Ahsoka was able to kind of come in, catch her off guard, and you know save Luminar was was the whole point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't defend every decision they've made on the Clone Wars at all, but overall. It's a show I really liked, and and I don't really I, I can't think of a poor decision they've made with Ahsoka. Some people have pointed to the oversexualization of her, and how she's dressed too scantily. And I'm yeah, like, that's come up on our show many yeah, times. Yeah, and I'm but I on one hand I'm like, but maybe that's a culture thing. I mean, you know, um, yeah. I know Shock T is on full on Jedi robes in the movies when we see her, but um, not on but, Felucia. <laughs> but not on Felucia in uh, in freaking dark. Uh, what uh, Force God. Unleashed? Thank you, Force Unleashed. Awesome game, by the way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and I love that fight with her. Uh, oh, and, yeah. and what happens with the Sarlacc? That is so. Anyhow, yeah. um, let me call. <laughs> but but I think that I almost feel like that's especially based on what we saw in the Force Unleashed. That it's almost a cultural species kind of thing with her as well. I mean, because we saw how Ayla Secura is dressed right. in, mm-hmm. in episodes two and episodes three. But um, on on the opposite side of that, Ayla Secura and uh, and Shakti Shakti are adults. I agree. I no, I'm Ahsoka not. Ahsoka is not, like what twelve? <laughs> yeah, I'm not disagreeing with that point, right. but I have a hard time. I don't think that when they designed her, they were saying, "Well, let's really make this an over-sexualized right. character." I think it was just like, "Well, she can show a little midriff because that's what her culture does," you right. know. Um, 
I'm glad they haven't had her walking around like that, like in the snowy episodes, you know, yeah. um, and, uh, or, or in space. You know, I'm glad <laughs> they put a space suit on her. But um, another thing I've heard you guys say, and this is a point that I've really, I've really sat on and haven't made to thin air or to the podcast just to kind of take a stab at you. One thing that it seems to me a lot of people have a problem with Ahsoka is, is they say Anakin shouldn't be training her because he's not a master. Well, that's true. Well, okay. I, I don't know if I've ever said that. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I have. At, okay. But I look at it this way. Obi-Wan trains, starts training Anakin at the end of episode one and mm-hmm. he's not a master right right here's here's the thing and this is and this is one of those things where I, I don't know that Lucas ever meant for there to be confusion caused by this um, you know uh, the whole concept of a knight having a learner um, is something that goes as far back as, as like medieval days and that sort of thing mm-hmm. and and it's an apprentice master relationship and so it's not that when 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 a, when a Padawan is addressing their teacher as master, they're not saying that this is the level of Jedi that you are. They're saying, "I'm your apprentice and you're my master." Um, right. You know, and and I think that's just a language thing. I don't think it's mm-hmm. a it's a it's a a, a title thing. I, I, you know, or or a level of of accomplishment thing. Because I do, I think that argument is settled in Episode One. When confer on le- confer on you the level of Jedi Knight the Council does says mm-hmm. Yoda, but agree with you taking this boy as your Padawan. I do not. You know, I, it, to me, <laughs> right. part of becoming a master or a, 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 achieving the level of Jedi Master is teaching a Padawan mm-hmm. at some point. You know, and because you look at the guys who are masters on the Council, how many of them have Padawans? Right. You know. And uh, they all, but they do. They, I know Yoda still has his teaching duties, and it wouldn't surprise mm-hmm. me if they all do. I'd, I'd love to sit in Mace Windu's class, by the way. <laughs> what, yeah. what is his class, by the way? What you know, Yoda's take- teaching the younglings, you know, kind of basic lightsaber skills, and uh, you know, and, and little lessons here and there. But what the heck is Mace Windu's class today? I want to teach snakes. you how to. Yeah, how to get snakes off a plane. Snakes off an airspeeder. That's right. Today, I want to teach you how to be a bad mother. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. And some kid says, what? He's like, what ain't no country I've ever heard? What ain't no planet I've ever heard of? Do you speak basic? (laughs) Do you speak basic? Look at the big brain on the Padawan. Um, Yeah. That would be funny, <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but I guess overall, what I what I'm coming to the table with is it, it is the thing that bothered me most about Ahsoka early on was kind of the level of disrespect she had for Anakin. Yes, you know, Sky Guy. I didn't. I wasn't a big fan of the the nicknames and stuff. No. And uh, and one of the things I love that the writers have done is they've said, yeah, let's scale that back because that doesn't really work all that great. Mm-hmm. But Anakin still it- calls her Snips, and I do like that. Yeah, right. I like the snips. But if we could jump back to second for, sure. with the uh, with the master is, 
I don't. It's not. I don't really have a problem with Ahsoka calling Anakin master because she is his Padawan. Mm-hmm. But I don't like when the other Jedi refer to Anakin as Master Skywalker. That yeah. kind of gets to me because he isn't a master, and they make that abundantly clear in Revenge of the Sith. Right. So I don't like that. Like Obi Wan will refer to him as Master Skywalker or Mace Windu or whatever in the Clone Wars. That just that's what I don't like. But the other part, no, yeah. I don't have a problem. I, I still just I just still feel like with something like that, it's it's more of a like a slip of the tongue, so well, to speak. Well, not even a slip of the tongue, but it's just more of a. This is kind of how we refer to each other. Like when. Uh, in in episode one or episode two rather, uh, when they're on Naboo, and uh, uh, what's the guy's name? Unthinkable. Was that Sibyl Bio? Yeah, when when Co Bibble. Yeah. yeah, when he says, "What do you suggest, Master Jedi?" and and Padme's like, "Oh, Anakin's not a Jedi yet. He's a he's still a Padawan learner." Um, mm-hmm. I get the idea that once someone has achieved that rank of Jedi Knight, just everyone immediately just calls him Master So and So. Mm, okay. Um, you know, that that's sense. that's just kind of how I've always taken it. I might be wrong. You know, it that may be one of the glaring errors of the Clone Wars, you know. Um, right. but I've just that's just kind of how I've always taken it because I go back to some of the literary stuff that I was always into in college and in in some of the, you know, I, that was what I majored in, that sort of thing is, you know, that more formal time you know, you that's kind of how you did things is it was master so-and-so, you know, uh, right. when you were referring to someone of any type of uh, stature um, mm-hmm. in society. And so I always kind of feel like it's just kind of the civilization, as it were, in, in the way they go. They're not necessarily actually referring to the level. It's just... It's just that. Um, but Ahsoka is one of those wrenches, you know, those wrenches thrown in the works of... Of how in the world does Anakin have a Padawan? I, I know that was that's been a big point of contention for people, and it was something that I was really iffy at coming in. But I feel like they've really worked it well, and, and I like the fact that we've got to see her over the course of only thirty some odd episodes, um, kind of really take on the traits of her master. Yeah, you know, headstrong and and very sure of herself. Mm-hmm. Um. And and I feel like that's been that's been pretty well done. And and I think that what she adds to the Clone Wars is something that no one else could have added to the Clone Wars, and that is what is this chick's fate? Right. You know, what True. is the fate of Ahsoka? Um there was the episode where she and Barris Offie had to work together. Right. And mm-hmm. uh and and when they're trapped under all the rubble and everything I sincerely was sitting there thinking, are they really going to go ahead and off her this early in the series? You know, I was like, it's only season two for crying out loud. (laughs) But they sucked me in. I believed, you know, I was a believer. I'm like, they're really going to do this. And that's what that's what makes the Clone Wars good is because there is one character on there that you can get worried about. Well, they've also introduced us to so many other cool characters. Right, um, but but Ahsoka oh, is yeah, yeah. a main character. Yeah, you know yeah, that you can be worried about. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Yeah, I see that. I totally, I totally get that. Uh, yeah, a lot of people. That was their criticism of the prequels. Is is we're not. There's really not a sense of drama for any of the characters because we know what's going to happen. But my thing is, it's just like watching Smallville. Um, it's to me, it's not necessarily about that aspect of things. It's about the journey. Right. You know, it's about how did this char- how did these characters get from point A to point B, you know, right. or, or point, 
whatever. You know, how what is this journey? And 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 one of the things I've loved personally about the Clone Wars is uh, if the last one you saw was that lightsaber lost, Jay, then you didn't see. Did you see any of the recent episodes with the Mandalorian? Uh, yeah, yeah, I kind of misspoke there. Um, I have seen the Mandalorian okay, episodes. Okay, so. so Tom. Yes, I have. Okay, so you guys saw the moment when uh, Obi-Wan and Satine are standing there at gunpoint trying to figure out what to do, and Anakin just walks up and stabs the guy. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I'm sorry. It's like, it's like I totally believe now this guy could go to the dark side. After he choked yeah. out Poggle the Lesser, you know, after he's been so aggressive. They've, they've shown him do so much aggressive in the name of justice and that which is good um, that I can totally see how by the time he gets to that conversation with the emperor or, or with Palpatine rather in, in episode three, and he, and he decides to make the move to take out Windu or to help take out Mace Windu that, um, that yeah, he's, you know, Padme wasn't what caused him to go to the dark side. That was just the straw that broke the camel's back. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's not like a split second decision and he's right. Made, right. Yeah. 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 Um, but uh, but anyhow, th- we just brought them up, and I guess we need to go there. And and this is where I'm going to have to rely on your guys' knowledge of the EU, um, right. and and it's this idea of this is and this is what has really, if there was a schism kind of caused by the prequels, and it was and and it was turned into a bit of a crack down the middle uh, when the Clone Wars started. Son, this has caused a divide between. Yeah two factions of Star Wars fans, and it is the incorporations of the Mandalorians into Mm -hmm. the Clone Wars. talk about Mandalorians and in and not necessarily just in the Clone Wars but in in who they are uh, you know we've always known and and I say always because I guess I have it this is one of the first pieces of EU knowledge I remember having as a kid is this whole idea of Boba Fett's Mandalorian armor mm-hmm. you know um I don't know that I ever considered him a Mandalorian I, I didn't you know as a kid I never thought well oh, he's a Mandalorian I just thought no he's got Mandalorian armor um, you know, that sounds, that sounds so cool. Uh, yes. <laughs> Wish I had Mandalorian armor. Uh, I'll have to sell for Boba Fett underoos. Um, you know, what's and, funny about the Mandalorian armor is it took me the longest time to visualize the helmet. And what I mean by that is the T-section visor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I never realized that's where they saw out of. Oh, really? I always thought it was the big circle things, you know? Yeah. I'm like, well, how do they see out of that? How do they, their eyes must be really weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh <laughs> and then I'm like, wait a minute, it's the T section. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Boba Fett, as I said, the first person we ever really heard of Mandal uh, as being 
part of this whole society and this culture. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in KOTOR, you're dealing with someone that's a Mandalorian uh, in the first Knights of the Old Republic video game. Um, I don't really know how to start off this conversation other than to say, what's a Mandalorian? Well, it all depends on who you're talking to now. Mm-hmm. Um, since the Clone Wars came out, and as everybody that listens to your show and is a Star Wars fan probably knows, there was the huge, huge fallout from this with Karen Travis, mm-hmm. the author of the Republic Commando series of mm-hmm. books. Now, have uh, in, you guys read those books? I have. Jay? I've read half of one. Okay. <laughs> in Basically, in those books, Karen Travis gives us what Mandalorians are because mm-hmm. the Republic commandos are being trained by Cal Scarada and he is Mandalorian. So he is teaching his boys, as he calls them, the Mandalorian way. Okay. Now, in her books, mm-hmm. you're telling me that the commandos of the clone army mm-hmm. are being trained by this guy that is a Mandalorian. There were, during their time on Camino. Mm-hmm. They had their schooling that mm-hmm. we saw with them having those cool helmets on things. Right. After that, some were set aside to be commandos. Okay. So then they basically got what we would call military boot camp. Mm-hmm. They were taken, and there were a couple different instructors, and they were all Mandalorians because – According to Karen Travis's books, Django Fett went back to Mandalore and recruited these people to come and teach the Mandalorians. I mean, okay. to teach the clones for okay. the, the commandos. So in Karen Travis's world, Django was a Mandalorian. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And in Karen Travis's world, once he was cloned, uh, he went back and said, I'm going to get a couple of these guys to come train these special soldiers, these commando units. Yes. Uh, to do this. Okay. Now, yes. Mandalorian, plan, uh, 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 are they like Karelians? Are they from a planet Mandalore? Or is it just a title or something? They, uh, is it's, it a gang? It's a title. A, mm-hmm. Now, this is all from the Karen Travis books. Mm-hmm. They're a bunch of farmers. They are nomadic mm-hmm. farmers. Mm-hmm. Any planet that they quote unquote settle on mm-hmm. is called Mandalore. Okay. They're so they're kind of so. According to Karen Travis, they're kind of like the ninjas of the Star Wars universe. Kind of, because ninjas weren't ninjas like farmers. Yeah, and that's where all their little weapons came from. Is they use farm equipment to. Yeah, yeah, just with more bulky armor. Sure. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> so the Mand- when the Mandalorians were, were to um, be on a planet, that planet doesn't matter what. If they were to land on Earth, Earth would then to them be Mandalore. Let him okay. try. Let him try. <laughs> Bring him on. So then their the head of their group was also called Mandalore, mm-hmm. which got a little confusing there. Yeah. But they're all farmers, and it doesn't matter, man, woman, or child. They all had armor. Um, they all took care of each other, and they were all of different species. Okay. There wasn't it wasn't just all Mandalorians are human. No, they were all different species. They basically adopt people into their culture. So just because um, you're a child, that doesn't necessarily mean you were the product of who your mother and father are. Mm -hmm. You could have been a product of a different 
set of Mandalorians and they died in battle. So then you were adopted into this other family. Right. So they adopt in the family. They teach the ways. And the Mandalorians were always basically um, mercenaries too. So they would go out and fight for pay. Okay. So um, Karen Travis had developed this whole thing. They have a language. um mm-hmm a backstory, a mm-hmm. civilization, all this that she established in all these books. And it was great. People loved it. Yes. You know, and then the season two of the Clone Wars came around. And basically what upsets me now about the Clone Wars is took everything Karen Travis had wrote down, written down, ah, whatever. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> what Karen it Travis had me. put <laughs> They basically took everything that Karen Travis had put down on paper, crumpled it up, and threw it away. And yes, George Lucas is overseeing the Clone War animated series. And okay, he might not have liked where Karen Travis was taking it. So my question is, if he kind of had an idea he was going to be putting the Mandalorians into the Clone War series – why didn't he like maybe get in contact with her publishers or something and say, you know, this is the direction we want to go. Can we have her gear it more towards this direction? Okay. All right. Well, let me, okay. Jay, you said you've read half of half of like the first book of the Republic Mando series. Yeah. Well, here's the thing is it's not because I didn't think it was a good book. It's because when it comes to reading, I'm slow and lazy. Okay. All right. That's I what I was going to ask you. That's what I was going to ask you. Is it just, you're not through with it or you, uh, no, yeah. no, it's just uh, when it comes to reading, I'm, I'm not uh, – I, I don't read very quick. Okay. Like Tom, he could read a book in a week. It's going to take me a month or two. Okay. Right. So uh, I like the audio books, sure. and they don't have them for the Republic sure. Mando series. All right. Um, well, here's the thing then. Based on everything you told me, and there's a lot of things that I want to splinter off and say, and so I'm going to try to be real precise. But from everything you've told me about this culture – Nothing the Clone Wars did in those three episodes really undid anything Karen Travis had to say. Well, yes, it did. Okay. Bec- because in the very first Mandalorian episode, mm-hmm. we went to the planet Mandalore. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that kind of stays in. Okay, so they're on this planet. It's Mandalore. That's fine. But it's this big, thriving city under this barrenness. And – um the Mandalore in the books that Karen Travis had had established is more like I'm trying to put it is more like a medieval village. Okay. Where like a Renaissance it, fair. Exactly. It's not this huge city. It's just a small farming village. Okay. But it, now you also said that these guys, these nomadic farmers, they would go and wherever they wherever they planted the roots down, that would become Mandalore, the planet. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, uh, well, according to what I got out of the Karen Travis book, they would try to get a planet, if they needed to, that didn't have a very big population on it. Mm-hmm. Like, they wouldn't, they wouldn't drop themselves onto Coruscant. Right. You know, they, they would look for more like maybe a Tatooine-type planet where not a huge population planet. Okay. Well, now, who's to say then— Based on that, and and again, let's let you know we'll pick apart points okay. from the episodes and and the books that I've not read. I mean that that's one thing where where we come where I come to this thing at the table. I I come with a with a great deal of ignorance because I haven't read these books. Um, who's to say that what Kieran Travis is writing about isn't a faction of these Mandalorians that they've retained that part of the culture? 
I'll give you that. You know, um, uh, nothing. I mean, I'll 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 give you that one. I'll, yeah. You know, Pre Vizsla even went so far as to say that um, that you know he didn't know of Django Fett or how this guy got the armor. So okay. so it could be a whole different you know set of these guys that are that are claiming the title Mandalorians um, mm-hmm. that that Django Fett was a part of. Um, further, you know, the one thing we do know and have known for years and years about Mandalorians is they were a group of, of, of soldiers or a group of people that were defeated by the Jedi during the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how was Karen's books leading toward that actually taking place? Well, they, um, they basically focused on this group and didn't talk much about, um, being taken over by the Jedi. The Mandalorians do not like Jedi mm-hmm. at all in this book and in these books. And there's a couple Jedi in them that are actually adopted into the Mandalorians because mm-hmm. they've won their friends with Cal Skarada and he's a very respected Mandalore. And right. two, these Jedi that decide to go with the Mandalorians basically shed their Jedi ways. Okay. All right. See, here's here's the thing I'm coming at, and 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 feel free to jump in at, at any point. Um, what what you've just told me, and again, I go back to for years and years. You know, we've known that that if, if you're talking about a Mandalorian, you're talking about a person who was a part of a group of people that were defeated, mm-hmm. a group of soldiers who were defeated by the Jedi during the Clone Wars. If mm-hmm. Karen Travis wrote these two books, Republic Commandos. And never led to that point, and never got to the point where that was what was coming down the pipe. Then, then she was doing her own version of retcon of something that Lucas had said years and years ago. Well, the Mandalorians were defeated in um, a war prior to the Clone Wars. Okay. Yeah, that According was back in the uh, Tales series and stuff. Yeah, they were right. they were defeated by the Jedi during the Kotor series, or shortly the before the okay. Kotor series. And and but see, then again. There is therein lies um, part of the part of the problem, you know, of 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 what the EU has done. You know, we talk about these people being allowed to play in in Georgia's sandbox. That's the analogy that keeps getting used by everybody. Right. Um, but if you go back years and years, like yes. back to when we first heard that term, Mandalorian during the Clone Wars, not a war prior to, but but the Mandalorians were defeated by the Jedi during the Clone Wars, okay. um, and and I and I just come back to this idea of why is it fair for these writers and everything to go in and say, well, you know what, we know you said that you personally said this, um, and this was something that was kind of put in different things here and there. Forget all that. We're going to do it this way, you know. Um, right. It, but yet, when when George comes along, or Mr. Lucas, I should say, I don't. I'm not on. <laughs> I'm not on a first name basis with a guy by any stretch of the imagination. When when Mr. Lucas comes along and, and decides, well, I'm going to go this way and I'm going to do this. Um, why, why then, why then do we get all up in arms and like, no, no. <laughs> Well, I think what it comes down to is it's um, – I think that the Mandalorians are sort of looked at as uh, like the uh, Klingons. Okay. Yeah, now see, now we're about to get off on something completely else with me, you know? sir. I, I mean seriously, they, they have their own language mm-hmm. and 
from what I understand, there are people out there that can speak Mando, just like there are people that can speak Klingon. Oh. <laughs> I'm just saying. I know. That, that, that could be one of the reasons that people are getting so uptight, that they just fell in love with what Karen Travis wrote. Uh-huh. And that, you that's, know, that's... You know, I, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Right. And, and that's fine. I, you know, that, here's the thing is, is I don't... I don't mind that people are really buying into this because let's be honest, Boba Fett, the 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 person wearing the Mandalorian who refers uh, armor, who we were first introduced to way back in Empire Strikes Back, he's mm-hmm. been a fan favorite for you know some thirty years now, right. um, and and so uh, it it only makes sense that if someone writes stuff about him uh, and writes stuff about his apparent culture, that people would totally eat that up. But right. here, here's one of the great things to me that was always great about Star Wars, guys, is that we could sit down, like the three of us as Star Wars fans, back in 1987, could have sat down together, me as a 10-year-old kid and you guys as teenagers, could have sat down together and began to talk about Star Wars. Or let's just go to 1990, 1992. We could have sat down, talked Star Wars, and really... There were all these questions, uh-huh. and there were there was a lot of mystery to this incredible universe that had been set up in six hours worth of movie. Um, through through various just through dialogue, I mean, just just through people picking apart dialogue and stuff, you know, and 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 we could have we would have talked endlessly about what we thought the Clone Wars actually were. And, you know, in my mind, I always thought before the Clone Wars came around, I always thought the Clone Wars was were literally wars against someone who had devised some clones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, almost like a, um, a scroll invasion kind of thing that Marvel did recently. That's kind of what I always thought the Clone Wars was. And come to find out, they just named it after their army that was developed to, to beat the <laughs> Separatists, you know. It, um, I I, which and that did and that didn't rattle my whole universe to the point that I hated it. But I'm just saying that that what has happened now with the expanded universe and with um, even the prequels and even with the Clone Wars series that what has happened is is a lot of those conversations have been taken away and mm-hmm. the mystery has been kind of pulled away and and so it is that rather than immerse myself sometimes in all this expanded universe stuff, I'm like. I kind of like the mystery of it all, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I feel like it used to be cool to be a Star Wars fan. You know, now it's, you got to be careful, you know, <laughs> because, because if you go around speaking, I'm sorry, if people are speaking Mandalorian the way they're speaking Klingon, and I know that's happening, I'm like, you've just taken this whole phantom thing to a level that has never been in Star Wars, and I don't appreciate it. I'm, a, I'm okay with costuming. I'm okay with RPGs. I'm okay with video gaming. I'm okay with, with art and drawing and T-shirts and collecting. But the minute you start picking up an alien language and speaking it outside of being able to quote what you've heard in the movies, then we've taken this whole thing to a level of geekdom. And this is where I'm going to get ostracized and people are going to send me hate mail, and that's fine. <laughs> I'm not comfortable with that. Right. Because that doesn't feel like Star Wars to me. You know, right. oh, I, I actually I agree with you. So they can send hate mail yeah. to us too, because <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, yeah, I, if somebody were to come up to Jay me, at unknownregions.com. <laughs> yeah, if uh, if with me being a fan of both franchises, mm-hmm. Star Wars and Star Trek, if somebody comes up to me and starts spouting off Klingon to me, I'm gonna look at him and like, dude, 
you are such a freaky geek. You're you know, a loser. Step back. <laughs> it, it would be it would be the same thing if somebody came up to me and started spouting off in Mando. Yeah, I'd but what like, if that same person spun off in Klingon and then switched to Mando mid-sentence? I would be like, just step back. Just uh, yeah, I'd, I'd kick him in the face. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a... <laughs> I'm a big slow guy, but that would I think that would give me the adrenaline uh, rush that I need. See ya. I think that, and Jay's mentioned this before, I think we, can't we all just get along, you know? Right. And yes, you brought up good points. Well, why couldn't what Karen Travis had put on paper be, you know, just a different offshoot? And I totally agree with that. You know, if she could have retconned it that way and continued writing. But she has said, and there came stuff that, and according to her website, there was legal stuff, mm-hmm. and she can't talk about it too much. But right. Lucasfilm came to her and basically said, you know, we're putting this into our show. You need to retcon your stuff or stop writing your mm-hmm. stuff. You know, if you want to continue writing, you have to write it this way now. But which okay. I'm which, not. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. You're the okay. guest. You go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to speak over a guest. Which. Which, to me, it, why couldn't the Lucasfilm people, George Lucas Lucasfilm people, go to the publishers beforehand when they knew, when the publishers knew that she was going to be writing this Clone Wars stuff and mm-hmm. this whole Republic Commando and stuff and be making this Mandalorian um, culture, just go to her and say, OK, the language is fine. This is fine. Let's tweak this a little bit. Let's not make them farmers. Let's make them part of the city, you know, kind of be able to tie that into the Clone Wars animated series that we see today. Mm-hmm. And then we would have taken one book, to be honest with you. It had taken one book for, you know, just for something to be wrote to where maybe there's like, uh, like Steve, like you were saying, like a faction of Mandalorians yeah. that uh, were on this over here. One book and bam, no more controversy, no more hate. Right. Well, here's my thing. If I'm Kieran Travis mm-hmm. and Lucasfilm comes to me, and I don't know how the conversation worked, I know that a lot of times when you get into situations like this, you get a really curt letter, you know, and, and because it's just written in a very formal way that mm-hmm. feels like you're being talked down to sometimes. And, and again, here comes the hate mail. And I know how women are. Um, the, the <laughs> but no, I, I, I just imagine someone coming to her saying, Hey, you got this and here's what they're saying. And, and rather than, all right, well, let's take this as far up the chain as we can to have some discussions with, uh, because quite frankly, I don't think you take the showrunner of the Clone Wars, Dave Filoni. I have mm-hmm. a hard time believing that if someone had said, hey, Dave, Karen Travis is on the phone. She's really concerned about this, would like to talk to you about some things. I have a hard time believing that Dave Filoni wouldn't have set something up with her to say, here's what we're doing. Here's what's coming down the pipe for this. And could you make something work? And having a, having a sit-down face-to-face discussion with her about the situation. Right. Um, and if I'm Karen Travis and I have the opportunity 
to immerse myself into what's going on in this series to find out what Lucasfilm is putting out Star Wars-wise, I'm like, I will do whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's how I'm going to be. I'm like, yes, okay, can I come over here? You know, I would start angling to be a part of this darn TV show for crying out loud. Right. Um, one of the things that really bothered me, because I did go back and read some of what she had to say, it seemed to me like she felt like... Um, she she had a certain there was a certain offense there that she took to the whole situation, yeah. which I th- which I think in some ways is justified, um, but in other ways I feel like, you know, this was all a work for hire, on mm-hmm. her part, mm-hmm. and 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 she and she gets all offended about it, but then she's like, but it doesn't make me enough money to keep worrying about trying to go. I don't want you know, and I was like, so you're really offended by this creatively, but it still comes down to the money for you. Right. You know, she she was trying to have it both ways in her blog post. Right. And and to me, honestly, guys, uh, just knowing human nature, not knowing Karen Travis, I don't know her. I'm sure she is a delightful woman to speak with. I'm, I know she's got to be very creative to be as published as she is. I, I'm not trying to cast aspersions on her. But to me, it seems like she had written what she was going to write, and she's like, you know what, I'm kind of – I really – this is a nice out for me to get out of this once and for all. Yeah. Get out of the Star Wars realm of things. Um, yeah. Leaving the fans, you know, to to have our little squabbles that we have, and and a lot of fans just kind of up in the air about, well, we've invested time in reading these novels. We've invested the time in doing this. You, you, you're going to leave us stranded. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel like on her part, she should have taken advantage of the situation more than what she did. Um, and that's just from a business fan standpoint, you know, um, right. all those different things. As it comes to the creative side of things, you know, what, here's here's the thing, and this is one of the reasons I wanted to have you guys on to kind of hash some of this out and talk to you from a total Star Wars fan's perspective who I enjoy the EU, I've read EU, I, I, I tried to start reading the Legacy of the Jedi series and just could not. I got two books in, and I'm like, I'm, I, yeah, I can't do it. Um, it was the Bantha Pants, wasn't it? It, no, it was no. That's the in that in the fate of the Jedi. That's in the oh, fate, yeah, fate of the Jedi. Yeah. Jedi. No, legacy of the Jedi. It was just, it was the, we call it in. Do you guys collect comics? I yeah. don't. Okay. Well, I only do the Star Wars. Movies. Okay. Well, in comics, in Marvel comics and DC comics, in recent years, with the with the advent of Ultimate Spider-Man, particularly, there's come a style of storytelling where the pacing of the story is spread out a lot longer than it used to be. The okay. term for that pacing has is decompressed. A lot of people have had, have applied the term decompressed storytelling to it. And in these and in those two books I read, I read two books where there was stuff happening but nothing was happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. And and I just felt like this is way too decompressed for me to to spend the money and the time to find out Jason felt because Jason to me had already gone to the dark side by the second book. You know, he'd already made his yeah. decision. And I'm like, why do I want to wait till way down the road, you know, in, when I can read spoilers real a lot quicker? Uh, spoiler right. alert, Jason went to the dark side. Um, <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, and so, so it is. A, but I stuck with, and what's weird, though, is, is I stuck through the whole Yuzhan Vong invasion. Um, you know, I read all 20 of those books. But I, and I think it was because I was inve- it, felt, it had more of a sense of adventure, for one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you had a war going on, and there was a new enemy, and it was exciting. Uh, the one thing I loved about the, the legacy of the Jedi is they brought Lumaya back in, you know, from the comics. They were tying some of this other stuff back in and everything. 
But uh, as far as the EU goes, I've honestly, with the exception of the legacy of the Force comics, um, have kind of stepped away. Uh, I'm getting a Star Wars fix every week on the Cartoon Network. I've got the movies, and and I just, you know, I, that's kind of where I where I stand with it. And I say all that to say that, that then I look at this situation with where people are just getting really up in arms about this stuff, and I'm like, but guys, at the end of the day, she made the decision to leave. You know, at the end of right. the day, she let you down. Right. You know, it's not George Lucas's fault necessarily. And and I get really tired of people and I know you, and now this is one thing you guys haven't done is you guys haven't become the prequel bashing podcast. Um no. I get really tired of people talking about how George Lucas has lost it, how he just doesn't have the storytelling chops anymore and and the prequels are evidence of that and all this other stuff and I'm like, hey, "But that's not that's so not true." Well, and it's like with the prequels and it's been mentioned on other podcasts day in, day out. Mm-hmm. Star Wars, the the movies, mm-hmm. are kids' movies. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, looking back, look at the original trilogy. When we were kids watching it, we were sitting there like, wow. Mm-hmm. You know, that's awesome. Our parents were sitting there just like, eh, it's another space story. Right, right, you know? right, right, yeah. So now, fast forward 30 years – we are now the parents, if you will, the grown-ups, mm-hmm. taking the kids to see it. And yes, Jay and I saw all the um, prequel movies together. And yes, I was there like, wow, that's cool from a effects side. It was really cool. The story was good, but I wasn't wowed like I was with the original trilogy because I'm not a kid. Well, and it's a different you era know? now, too. It's so hard yeah. to wow people with a movie anymore. Um, yeah, because we've seen it all. Everybody has seen it all. Right. Uh, honestly, for me, the last really wow movie moment I had, I think, was when they blew up the White House on Independence Day. Yeah. Um, you know, well, the, the, for me, it was some of the effects in 2012. Okay. Yeah, I didn't see 2012. Um, here's, I guess, here's a question for you guys at this point, then. Um, because it, we are so immersed in it. There is so much out there. And one of the points that you've made, and Jay, it might have been you that made it because you're the one that goes off on these rants on your show. <laughs> yeah, um, I get really passionate about some stuff. You really do. And sometimes I feel like you need to calm down because you're saying some <laughs> stuff that, you know, here's, let me, I'll say this, Jay, and I'm going to, I'm going to kind of, I'm not quoting you. It was an email you'd gotten, and the guy basically just called the Clone Wars. He said, empty eye candy was all mm-hmm. it was. And you kind of tended to agree with him. And I was I, like, and you did. You said, and I yeah. agree with that. And I was like, what? No. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. And that's what really got me, gave me this idea to do this, because what I've seen in the Clone Wars is, are those empty eye candy episodes? Yeah, but the ones that are pretty much eye candy are pretty cool. Landing at Point Rain, anyone? Um, mm-hmm. Where they go back to Geonosis. The, the third in the series of... Uh, the 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 stuff that happened on Ryloth, uh, with the Twi'leks and everything, with the bridge, um, yes. and Mace Wind. Oh my gosh, when Mace mm-hmm. Windu freaking is uses the Force to get back up that canyon, and anyhow, and it just all the music cuts out, all the sound cuts out, and you're just watching him be one bad mother. Um, <laughs> it was just great, but but there's also been so many cool little storytelling elements in this thing that yeah. not just not just for a thirty minute time slot on a friday night before the overall saga 
you know, those moments of Anakin tilting toward the dark side, those moments of, you know, the the whole Obi-Wan Satine thing has got people up in arms right now. Um, but I think it speaks... I, I've never been emotional watching Star Wars until the second episode of this Mandalorian trilogy, uh, where at the end they kind of part ways on that platform. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and it just hit me everything that Obi-Wan gave up, not just to be a Jedi... But once Revenge of the, the events of Revenge of the Sith had taken place, unless Satine dies somewhere in the Clone Wars, um, he still he gave up. He could he Jedi was done. He was done with all this stuff. Uh-huh. He, he you know he could have said, "You do with the kid what you want to do. I'm out of here." Um, <laughs> you know I'm going to go find this woman who I have feelings for, and I know she has feelings for me. And we're going to you know we've hit out before. We can do it again. But he chose to be the protector of basically the savior of the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I just, I really, I kind of got choked up. I didn't cry or anything, but I felt the little lump in my throat, you know, just thinking about what an incredible story Obi-Wan has. Would right. have never happened had it not been for the Clone Wars, you know. And um, and and so, you know, for all that, I don't, I, I just, that's what the, when you said it's empty eye candy, or when that guy says empty eye candy, you kind of... Um, Agreed, Jay. That's really why I said I got to get these guys on. Um, <laughs> well, know, here's what, the thing: is when it comes to my rant, sometimes I get a little uh, overboard. Uh, I hear you. I, I've been there. I've been there. Okay. Sir. And it's like sometimes I do feel like the Clone Wars is just eye candy, mm-hmm. just there to sell more toys. Sure. Um, you know, just to have uh, more money come in, you know, to Lucasfilms. Sometimes, not all the time. Right. I enjoy the show. I love the show. I have made some remarks on the show about Lucas. I love Lucas. If I saw Lucas, I probably wouldn't even be able to speak. <laughs> okay, so, uh, Mr. Mr. George. Uh, I yeah. mean, Lucas. I mean, what? <laughs> what? Huh? But I, I guess I see. I keep hearing all these fans, and I start getting passionate about the fact that. There's so much strife in Star mm-hmm. Wars right now with the fandom, and that's where, where my passion comes from because I don't want the strife there. And I mm-hmm. have said, why can't we just get along? I know it's a yeah. cliche phrase that a lot of people use, but I really – I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the fighting, and it's like if it takes like a small story that needs to be changed or, or – let me how do I put this um, – like if George is writing something and he go and someone says, well, you know, in the EU it's it's this way. If he can change that without it affecting his story and the EU, I kind of want I kind of want that to happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's like some stuff I feel like isn't necessary, right? You know, to tell his story because I've you know I, I believe he's a great storyteller and I think that everything can work. You know. And, you know, maybe I want that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. But, you know, hey, I, you know, I'm, I don't know. Well, you know, the, well, that, you know, we talk about Lucas's role in the EU. And, and I don't know. It's interesting to me. One of the things that the guys from the Forecast have really done, and, and, it's a, and that is a good show, very well produced, professional, all that good stuff. And because of that, they've gained certain access to people within Lucasfilm and within the production of The Clone Wars particularly. Uh, where they're able to kind of get an insight into what's going on behind the scenes. Um, and it's interesting to hear Dave Filoni, showrunner of the Clone Wars, particularly talk about some of the things that they bring to Mr. Lucas and, um, and how 
when they bring the stuff to George, I'm just going to call him George. Um, <laughs> when they bring this stuff to him, you know, it's a lot of times it's kind of the first time he's been aware of it, you know, and he has to make the call then and there. Is this, you know, I can, am I going to let this affect my story or am I going to, to move forward? You know, I think we forget that George Lucas, though he is the end-all stamp of approval on what gets out there, um, I, I think you guys were talking about one time, surely he has to know what's going on, he has to read. I disagree with that in as much as George Lucas has, has put out a mandate of here's what cannot be touched in the Star Wars, you know, as far as authors go. And really the only thing that's left that I can remember from way back that I, that I remember on a list of things that people couldn't touch are the origins of Yoda. Mm-hmm. You know, we still don't – his species and home planet are still unknown, um, which is fine with me. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, he's – I think what he's done is he's put down this little mandate of, well, just tell him don't mess with this, 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 and this. And to his licensing people, they're like, all right, here we go. And so rather than ever getting to George's desk when he's doing 10 million other things – that you have someone at the head of Lucas, Lucas Licensing that says, George has said, ABC, this lines up with that. Okay, go for it. Mm-hmm. And so when I, George steps back into this universe via the vehicle of the Clone Wars, and Dave says, well, hey, this happened in this book or this happened in this comic, George has to make the decision, well, we can do this or we can do that. You know, Now he gets images and stuff that I'm sure that had to be approved, but he also... I mean, you think about it, why did he put Ayla Secura into episode two? She was part of the expanded universe before she was in that movie. Um, oh, I know. That was awesome. You know, yeah. And a lot of fans, you know, it's like he, he gave the fans something. He was going to put Quinlan Voss in episode three. They just could never make it work, but they throw his name in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and what happens, I think, is, is you have these guys that work real close with George saying the fans love this, the fans love this, that he's got his hand kind of on the pulse of what's going on in fandom, but not the specifics of everything. So it is that he's like, well, let's throw the Mandalorians in there because he knows the fans love the Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. But he had no clue, I don't think, the detail that Karen, because I don't think he has the time, you know, to sit and read every little thing. And I think that he's got a, a I think what, you'll, what we'd be surprised to find out is just how little his pen stroke goes when it comes to approving these things that get out to these publishers and stuff. I will agree but disagree with okay. you, Steve. All right. I'll agree. I'll agree with you on the fact that if it's a single book, mm-hmm. like Shadows of Mindor that mm-hmm. just came out, Luke Skywalker Shadows of Mindor, does George Lucas does George Lucas know what's going on in that book? No, it's a one book. He doesn't care. But these big overarching books, like the Vong Invasion, um, the Fate of the Jedi series, does he know what's going on in those books? I think so. Because I bring this up because in one of the hardbacks of the Vong book, I believe it was Star by Star, mm-hmm. it came with a CD-ROM. It was and Unifying Planet was the last book. Was it Unifying Planet? Okay. Mm-hmm. Or Unifying and, Force. Unifying Force. And Sorry. on the CD-ROM was a round-robin interview with um, Delray uh, – edit- editing director from Delray Books mm-hmm. – uh, a couple of the people from Lucasfilm Publishing and one of the authors. And during this interview, they said that they actually communicated with George Lucas via Q&A 
mem- memos. Memos. Yeah. <laughs> through through the Q&A memos. And uh, he basically told them th- their whole thing in the Vong trilogy was they were going to make Anakin the um, Anakin Solo. Let mm-hmm. me clarify there. Right, right. They were, they were, they were going to make Anakin Solo be the main, main character, the one that was going to carry the story. Right. But Lucas came to them and said, no, change it to Jason Solo. Mm-hmm. Make it Han and Leia's other son. Mm-hmm. So they did. They tweaked that. He also came to them, and they were going to, in that Vong trilogy, they were going to kill Luke mm-hmm. in that trilogy, in that series. But um, George Lucas said to him, no, Skywalker's off limits for okay. now. All right. But here's but here's what he knew about that series, that they were going to kill Luke and that this kid named Anakin Solo was going to be the hero. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and the reason he didn't want Anakin to be it is because he didn't want there to be confusion with Anakin Skywalker. You know, when mm-hmm. people go in and see some book and the synopsis says Anakin does this, you know, he wanted to make sure that there was no, no confusion to, for things. Um, but here's the thing. A, they were communicating via memos. Right. You know, B, here's what, here's what I imagine happened. Someone walks into Mr. Lucas's office. Uh, Mr. Lucas, we have so-and-so from Delray Publishing in there. Th- this is what they've written out, what they want to happen. Uh, no, I think I'd like to one day tell the story of how Luke Skywalker dies. Uh, tell him to kill Chewie. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and uh, <laughs> does, don't, uh, don't uh, Han and Leia have other kids? Uh, yes, sir, Jason and Jaina. Yeah, tell them it can be Jason, not Anakin. And, in fact, we probably need to get rid of Anakin. <laughs> you know, and and that is, you know, and I'm not I'm not trying to make light of the process or, or light of what you're saying, but I'm saying right. that that ultimately he's got this business decision in mind for for a reason. He's got these decisions in mind, but I don't think I think if you went to him and said, "Hey, who are the Yuzhan Vong?" He'd be like, "Um, I think they came out of some books." You know, I don't know that he would know. Well, they're from a whole other galaxy. They came. The Force didn't really have anything to, you know, that you mm-hmm. couldn't really feel them in the Force until Jason got, found himself in this whole situation with him, and he figured out how to do it. And, um, you know, I, the th- I don't know. I mean, I just don't know that his role in the EU is more than someone occasionally coming in and saying, hey, can they do this? You know, um, because we don't know where it stands. And I'll say kudos to Del- in it Del Rey that's doing all the publishing right now. For the yeah, for all yeah, Delray. yeah, for all I, you the know, books for the, the book side account. of thing, you know, kudos to them for trying to get a singular continuity going, mm-hmm. because I think it was Bantam that had it back in the day in the nineties. Yeah. They did not, no, you know, and and they and and from what I understand, spoiler alert to all you EU fans out there, they're bringing uh, what's her name back from Dark Saber and Children of the Jedi, Luke's uh, love interest, Lesta, yeah. Oh, I've heard they're trying, they're going to try to bring her back in the fate of the Jedi. I haven't heard that yet. Yeah, Uh, that's a rumor. That'll be cool. That'll be cool. You stuff, and we're not on top of it. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a rumor I've heard. And the thing is, it's like you know, and they're trying to bring in some stuff from the comics and that sort of thing. And I heard you guys on the Shadows of Mendor talking about the baddie there was someone Mm -hmm. who was actually from the comic series. And I say good on them for trying to do that and trying to pull all this stuff together. But at the end of the day, I don't know how deeply involved. George Lucas is in the EU, which leads me to this question, Jay, based on some things. Should he be just more hands-off of Star Wars altogether? Yes. Really? Uh, Star Wars altogether? Yeah. Okay, I I misheard that question. Uh, Should he be more hands-off? Yeah, hands-off the EU Mm -hmm. completely. 
As in, I believe Leland Chi is the one that uh, handles the, the holocron there at uh, Lucasfilm, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. I think that he should be trusted with the decisions. Uh, but I believe that he should be working closely with Lucas to let him know, hey, this is what's being done. You know, this is what's being done. You know, you you write this. You know, we're going to have some serious uproar, you know, or, or so to speak. Just so George knows with the fans of what I want to say, quote unquote, is untouchable, so mm-hmm. to speak. But obviously with George being the writer, nothing should be untouchable. I don't mean per se that mm-hmm. but as in knowing well this is going to have consequences see it gets, you, you know it gets I mean? tricky yeah it gets tricky when you presented the question that way aren't you yeah because because ultimately when people start start they're 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 arguing about what they can't believe lucas is doing this with their precious eu um it to me they're saying lucas has no business being a part of the star wars creative process anymore no, I wouldn't um, agree with that. And 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 I yeah, and and I and I don't think I wouldn't think you did. But I I think that ultimately this argument comes down to is is the maker still the maker at the end of the day. You know, mm-hmm. and and people and again to go back to the sandbox now it's like this guys. I feel like if you invited me to come to your show, you guys had to take a hiatus, you were on vacation, you found jobs all of a sudden or something. Mm-hmm. And you're like, "Steve, you apparently know how to do podcasts and not sleep. Why don't you <laughs> Come on, do you our show. sleep? Uh, very seldom. Um, I think he's you? a T one thousand J. Easy, no Terminator references. Um, <laughs> still bitter. Uh, <laughs> no, if you guys said Steve, could you come handle the? Could you take the reins of the show for a month? And uh, and I'm like, sure, we'll do that. And so I come in the first time. I, you know, first episode I do, I, I I stick to your guys' format. You know, I do the. I open up the whole show and kind of tell what I've been doing. Then I go into some emails and collecting news and what's being released news. Then I get into the recap and review of whatever I'm doing. And I'm giving Death Star ratings. And I and I get in touch with your boss and spy, Chris. And I'm like, hey, need some trivia questions. Do it up. And, and I'm doing everything the way you guys do in that first episode. Second episode, I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put out collecting news. No more collecting news. Uh, if people want it, they can go find it somewhere else. And I and I continue on. And then the third episode, I'm, you know what? I like. I, I don't. I don't think I'm going to do the recaps the way they've always done the recaps. In fact, I think what I'm going to do is um, just uh, recap the book and 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 actually give my review in the midst of the recap, and then at the end give a Death Star rating and be done. And then the the next episode, I'm like, no, nah, forget Chris the Bolton Spy. We don't really need trivia. And uh, no one can answer these questions anyway. They're ridiculous. And, and I cut that. So you guys come back, and though it's not a completely different show, it's a completely different show. Right. And, uh, and, I, and, so you're, and you guys start doing things the way you did it, and I email, I'm like, hey, 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 no. <laughs> this is what I did, and this is what you should be doing. Um, I, I mean, are you guys going to give me that, that any credence at all? No. You know, you're going to be like, well, you right. are Steve, but guess who's never hosting our show again? You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. and, it, and then I'll release on my blog uh, I can't retcon the way they did things, and therefore I'm not going to be a part of this this process <laughs> anymore. Uh, you know, I just I think it's that kind of thing. Is It's like, ultimately, this is his property, you know? Right. I think that... Um George could have nipped a lot of this in the bud mm-hmm. early on. I mean, he's put out there, you know, leave Yoda alone. You know, let's leave his stuff alone. 
don't mm-hmm. touch Luke. You know, leave him alone. I think, and I've mentioned this on our show too, that Lucas should have said once the EU started going, okay, fine. You know what? I'm done with stuff after Return of the Jedi. Yeah. You know, have fun in that era. That's great. Write what you want to write. Okay. I'm thinking about doing some stuff before um, episode four, A New Hope. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about that. Let's leave that alone. Let's go ahead and jump. Let's say let's cut it off a thousand years before the Battle of Yavin. Okay. From a thousand years before and before that, have fun. You know, you're not going to affect anything I do. But from a thousand years before to Return of the Jedi, don't touch it. Mm-hmm. It's mine. Everything after Return of the Jedi and everything a thousand years before A New Hope, have fun. So and basically I, anything in Yoda's lifespan plus give or take a hundred years. Right. Step off. Right. So basically the yeah. uh, the Tales of the Jedi series, mm-hmm. you know, that was fine because, you know, what happened 5,000 years before the Battle of Yavin isn't really going to impact what George Lucas develops. Right, right. You know, what happens after Return of the Jedi isn't going to impact what George Lucas develops. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, if he said that, we would miss out on some of these books. We would have missed out on Shadows of the Empire, which was a great book and mm-hmm. which became canonized, G-level canon. Well, we would miss out on some of those great books, mm-hmm. but it would preserve the story. Right. You know, we wouldn't have this whole um, issue with Karen Travis. And even if he didn't say it back then, once he made the prequel trilogy, I'm pretty sure he knew in the back of his head that he was going to be working on this animated series. Yeah, yeah. So he could have came out and said to Lucasfilm Publishing, you know what? I'm going to be working in the Clone Wars era here. Let's not write anything going on in there. That's my baby. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. You you can go ahead and write your rogue planet. You can go ahead and write things that happen between episode one, episode two. Leave between two and three empty. That's I don't me. know that he should have said go ahead and write rogue planet. Well, <laughs> That's just the one I'm currently – that's just the one we're currently going to be reviewing. So that's why it's fresh on my mind. You you know what I mean? Yeah, I totally agree with that. I I mean I think that that from a a standpoint of if you were only concerned with fans, Mm -hmm. I think think from that standpoint that would have been the way to go. Here's the problem. Uh, And i got to be careful how I say this because it's not that he's not concerned with fans – but there's so many more decisions than just what are the fans going to think that have to be taken into consideration when doing this stuff. You know, you, you're funding, I mean, let's face it, Star Wars has funded just about every single thing ILM has ever done. Yes. Um, you know, I mean, Star Wars is the reason we got cool-looking dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. Um, yes. You know, Star Wars is the reason Avatar looks so great. I, 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 I know that, and I know there are discrepancies, and I, I'm going to get an email over that little statement, I know. But uh, my point is this, is that, is that this has been a cash cow for Lucas, and he never knew it would be. Right. You know, and, and so when people start complaining about, well, he does all this to make money, yeah, <laughs> you know, but to what end? Mm-hmm. Lucas, every dime he made from Star Wars went back into his company to be able to make movies better and to make movies better. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, it's, and that's the thing. It's not that, and yeah, Lucas is rich. Good, good for him. He found out a way to be successful in what he did. And you know what he did in being successful? He didn't bend over backwards to kiss anybody's butt to do it. 
Right. You know, when he got ready to do Star Wars, he set it up so that it was going to be his thing. It is the ultimate independent film. There's not a filmmaker out there that doesn't wish they could do what George Lucas did, you know. And um, and so, you know, I, I totally see where you're coming from. And I agree that if you were just worrying about the fans, that's what you should have done. That's what he should have done. Um, however, this you, you brought up something. It's one of those little nitpicky things that I've got a question about. And and you guys may be more in more able to answer this than I am. You mentioned Shadows of the Empire and how that has become this G level canon. It's become canonized mm-hmm. with the films and everything we've seen on screen. Mm-hmm. Here was my understanding. My understanding was is that it was written to be canon. Like that See, George was very hands on in, in the in, in the development of that story and into what went on. Right. I believe he was. And that's why it became that's why an EU book became canon. Not all EU books, as apparent in the current uproar of the Mandalorians, become G level canon. What I'm saying, though, is is, right. Well, which no, see, I don't. I disagree. (laughs) What I'm saying, though, is like with Shadows and with Dark Lord, uh, with uh, the approaching storm, um, Mm -hmm. I always understood that these things were written. With the knowledge at, before they were written, with the knowledge that we're doing something special, with the Force Unleashed, we're doing something special uh, that is going to be uh, George's part of George's take on on this mythology that he set up. Right. Um, that it wasn't after the fact; it was before everything got going. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, that I, was I did... that was my understanding. Well, I guess when I said that I have a problem with some books being canon and some books or G-level canon and some books being just, you know, canon, Mm -hmm. um, I just have a problem because it's like you can nitpick what it is and then it causes a little bit more strife within the community of someone saying, you know, I love this book and someone saying, hey, I don't care. That ain't canon. You know, go read Dark Lord. That's canon. Is there too much? By the way, it's an excellent book, but. Uh, And that brings me to this question because if Lucas – it is a great book, by the way. If Lucas, um, if Lucas was that involved at every level of the EU, um, you know, as far as the things that were put out there, that sort of thing, um, it's particularly with the novels. I mean, I, and, and when I think EU, I know there's comics. I just always jump to novels in my head. You know, to me, they have a little bit more weight and credence to them than comic books do, and and that's a, that's a point we could argue for days and days and days. But that's just. I'm not saying that's fact. I'm just saying in my head when I think EU, it goes to novels. Um, right. With with Lucas and the stuff he's done, um, when you take something like Shadows of the Empire, you take The Force Unleashed. I, those two specifically because they were set up to be a movie being released without a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Shadows was a lot more successful because all the timing was right. You know, Force Unleashed, they had issue releases with the game release issues with the game release and that sort of thing but is there too much eu and and what i mean by that is is should the eu be something that's so special that george literally has his fingertips on everything so that there's less of it out there so that there would be much much less of it out there but it would all be in continuity see we kind of touched on this on our show a while back Mm -hmm. and I know it was brought up on the Force cast a few times, mm-hmm. and although I don't agree with everything they say on the Force cast, I do agree with them on this. Back when the Thrawn trilogy came out, Heirs mm-hmm. of the Empire, Dark Force Rise, and Last Command, mm-hmm. 
they were coming out with the novels one a year, mm-hmm. which left you in suspense. Now they're coming out with novels. Usually in a year, you get three or four hardcover novels, right. three, or, three or four paperbacks. You've got the kid books that come out. So you have something new in the EU coming out at least two or three a month. Yeah, yeah. Be it kid book, be it comic, be it novel. Now, I had said on on our show that the EU caters to all, all age groups. I think that with the novel, for the adult novels that you think of when you think of the EU, they should go back, maybe release three a year, which would make it more of an event every time one was released. Because remember back to the 90s, you know, you saw on the shelf um, Heir to the Empire. Mm -hmm. And you sat there and you read it. You're like, okay, they're leaving this open. There's going to be another one. I got to go find it. What? It's not coming out till next year. Oh man! Yeah, yeah, you know. And then you're waiting on pins and needles. And as soon as it hit the shelf, you were you were there to buy it. And they were bestsellers. I mean, they were New York were. Times bestsellers. Mm-hmm. They were. I think they need to kind of go back to that because I think they're saturating the market, but they're trying to cater to all age groups. So I would say for the novels, for the adult novels, for major releases, I would say maybe have three brand new adult novels out a year that's what one every four months by adult novels we mean adult reader yeah adult reader <laughs> adult <Sorry>. level reader <laughs> sorry let's clarify that oh man yeah um the the hardback books that you go mm-hmm. into borders you got to go into the sci-fi star wars section to find the hardbacks the ones that are like 300 some odd pages no pictures <laughs> no pictures there you go that's the key no, <laughs> no pictures, pictures. <laughs> But then, I mean, you've got the um, young reader books, which am I fine with them putting a new one out every couple weeks? Yeah, I'm perfectly fine with that because that will hold a child's attention. Yeah, and some of those are just retellings of the movies right? Um, from different standpoints, from different points of view and that sort right. of thing. Right, and some of them, like the um, what young Obi-Wan Kenobi series, mm-hmm. was basically telling the whole thing about Obi-Wan Kenobi, which yeah, was a young was, reader. Yeah. That was the Jedi I read Apprentice those series. Jedi Apprentice. Okay. Jay read those first and he let me read them. They were good stories. But um, do we need all this EU coming out at once? I think we could scale back on it mm-hmm. some. Yeah. And still kind of because like you brought up at the beginning of the show, we have the Clone Wars now, which gives you new Star Wars every week. Mm-hmm. You know, so do we need books, comics, all this stuff coming out like in saturating the market every yeah. month. No, I don't think so. I, cause I, I think they said it on the force cast. It kind of loses the, the, the punch of a the new appeal. book coming out. Yeah. It loses the, the specialness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I like it to be just two. Yeah. have a book come out in June for my birthday and then a book come out in December for Christmas. <laughs> Christmas, yeah, for the yeah. holidays and your birthday. All right. Yeah. So for the holidays and Jay's birthday, uh, <laughs> that's what we um, – I tend to agree with that. I, I think that's a, that, that's a good model. Uh, just I think, you'd, I think they'd see increased book sales. Mm-hmm. I think these things would be more of an event, and it would be, mm-hmm. and it would be something that, that, that fans would be able to sink their teeth into a lot easier. I, one of the things I really mourn – um, or I'm really sad about that, that the EU has, has done is, is they've gotten so far into the future beyond Return of the Jedi. Uh, and there's so many new characters. And I say new, meaning characters that were created specifically in the books. 
right. that you kind of lose. I feel like we never really got enough time with those core characters in the EU with the Han, Leia, Luke, Lando, Chewie, you know, the droids. There's a lot there with them, but, you know, if you pick up a book that's been written recently, they're all off doing their own thing. You, it takes a minute to really recognize the characters other, any, any way other than by name. And, um, you know, it's just, I don't know. There's just something I would love to see those classic trilogy characters. That's why I was, I was kind of sad that you guys didn't like Luke Skywalker and the Shadows of Mendor very much because I was really hoping big things for it. Did because you read it? I did not. I did not. Um, you know, I'm interested let me, to. Let me let me say this: the paperback's coming out, which is mm-hmm. a lot cheaper than the hardback. Right. Read it, and then tell me if you feel the same way. Because I mean, I loved I've I love basically all the novels that come out. Mm-hmm. Instantly, that come to mind were um, Courtship of Princess Leia and now Luke Skywalker and Shadows of Mendor that I do not want to read again right right now courtship i'll have to for the show but you know i read luke skywalker and shadow shadows of mindor twice that was enough <laughs> but all the other stuff that i've read so far that involve the core characters i love i love mm-hmm. it yeah it's just with luke skywalker and the shadows of mindor it's kind of the way it's written that kind of totally threw me out of the Star Wars universe. It didn't feel Star Wars to me. Right. And right. that is why I didn't like it. Well, and that's what I'm saying is, is, is I heard you guys and I was disappointed and, and upset that, that maybe it, it wasn't, it wasn't as good as I would hoped it would be because I really want to go hang out with these characters. Right. You know, I don't want to hang out as much as I like Jason and Jaina and, and, and as much as I like Ben, you know, and as much as I like, even Mara Jade and, and those guys, I want to go hang out with Han and Luke and Leia. You know, right. I want to, I want to take an adventure on the, on the Falcon, you know, or in an X-Wing. I don't want to, you know, I, I just, that's what I want to see, see done. And I know that that can't really be done anymore. And, and right. that kind of, you know, and that kind of, as a Star Wars fan makes me sad. And it's one of the reasons I've pulled back from the EU is that, um, is that I'm just not as as it pertains to these characters. I'm just not into it. Uh, a couple of the Clone Wars books that I tried to read, I just the the ones that were published between episodes two and episodes three, I was just like, I don't mm-hmm. really enjoy this. But there's one I'd love to see them do on the Clone Wars show, and that is Dark Rendezvous. Yes. Um, you know, I want to see on screen the scene where Yoda tells Dooku, "Give me my rose." You know, I'm like, oh my right. God, Yodas, I'm scared to death of, you know, I was just, I flashed back to you will be, you will be. I'm like, I am scared right now. I just crapped my pants. Um, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, that's kind of, that's kind of, but uh, at the same time, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I've pulled back because everything feels rushed anymore. It feels hurried mm-hmm. and it feels in some instances, like with the legacy of the Jedi series, very decompressed where a lot of this stuff could have, you know, we could have cut out some of the storytelling that that's there that really doesn't move the story so much. Yeah. I'll, um, I'll agree with that. As much as I loved the, the legacy of the Jedi series, loved the, the whole series. Mm-hmm. I'll agree with you. They could have probably cut it back a few books and it still would have been an even greater series. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, like in that second book, as Boba Fett's traveling around, I understand what's going on there, and I understand why he's trying to find a Kaminoan. 
mm-hmm. you know, particularly if she's still alive, Ton Wee. I understand that completely, and I think that was a compelling thing for an aged Boba Fett to be doing. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, on the on the other hand, I didn't need ten chapters of that. Right. You know, yeah. I needed I needed one or two scenes. And then let's move forward, you know, because that's how Star Wars always worked. It was to be, as we look at it now, we look at those movies and they they feel a little slow paced, but they're really kind of fast paced. Mm -hmm. And that's why we have so much to talk about is because they didn't stop a lot for exposition. Yeah. You know, for for instance, in um, A New Hope, George Lucas could have carried out the um, interrogation scene with Leia for five, ten minutes, Mm -hmm. you know. That whole scene lasts what two minutes, if that? If that, yeah. With yeah. Vader yeah, walking it's really in, really good on the radio drama. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, radio drama is really good. But um, you Vader walks in, and then the um, medical droid walks in, and then the door shuts, and you know what's going to happen. Yeah, and the only thing we you hear know? about later on is her resistance to the mind probe is considerable. It'll be some time before we can extract any information from her. Right, and that's all we ever hear about that whole thing. And it's like. We don't have time for the exposition. We have time for the imagery, and and let's move. Um, right. And I'm okay with that. You know, you guys know. I mean, it, it's like, but I, and I feel like that's one of the things that the EU, and I love, and this is your safe place to geek out. And and I don't fault anyone for liking the EU. I I think that, in fact, if you're going to be if you're going to read any geeky books, read Star Wars books. You know, that's kind of <laughs> where I stand. But I feel like. The one thing that these guys that are writing now, Timothy Zahn, when he wrote Air of the Empire, Dark Force Rising, and The Last Command, here was a guy that understood not only sci-fi, but he understood Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And he understood how Star Wars needed to work in a book form. You know, he, you have to write some, you have to describe what's going on. Uh, for the reader to to conjure up in their imagination what's happening, right. um, and you have to sometimes put in the the thoughts behind what's being said, because there's no voice inflection that you can read. You know, you've got to make sure that the reader gets the inflection of the speakers. Beyond that, you know, you tell a story and it needs to be a little quick paced and it needs to have its action beats, and uh, you know, every scene. You know, and and I think Timothy Zahn got that. Mm-hmm. I don't know that the writers get that much more. Uh, you know, it's become it's become standard sci-fi fare anymore mm-hmm. when when I read, and 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 that's that's disappointing. You know, right. um, it doesn't make me again it doesn't make me hate the EU. Doesn't make me think people who read the EU are stupid. It just it's like I remember what Star Wars was to me, you know, and I remember what and I know what it still is, but I remember just how much unanswered there was and how that was a huge part of the fun to me of Star Wars. Um, and now it seems like there all these EU authors are trying to take that away. Right. You know, and it's like, don't, don't take that away, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think we've covered anything else you guys have to say before we wrap things up on the uh, Star Wars issues. Anything. Yeah. Anything. Sure. I, I actually, I got a question for you. Okay. And that is, I've heard you talk, <laughs> Uh, a little dishing the uh, Battlestar Galactica series. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm actually a really big fan of the show, mm-hmm. and I just – I don't get what, 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 what the hate is. Okay. I, it's it's – here's the here's the thing. Um, I love the 70s Battlestar Galactica from the late 70s. Mm-hmm. That was a total mm-hmm. Star Wars ripoff. And, oh, yeah. And oh, I, yeah. And I loved it because it was a total Star Wars ripoff. <laughs> Um, that's, that's ultimate, you know, and, and the way it worked was cheap effects, 
you know, not the greatest acting in the world, and a fun um, lightheartedness to it that you, you, uh, some people would almost say camp, you know, to, mm-hmm. to what was going on. And, and I can under, and I, I guess that word is appropriate. Um, I knew that wasn't what was coming in the new Battlestar. I totally understood that that wasn't going to be what this new Battlestar was, that it was a Battlestar Galactica for a new audience and an older audience and, you know, and this sort of thing. But when I watched the miniseries and I had absolutely no fun whatsoever, you know, mm-hmm. I was like, I just, I, I, and, and, but when it was all said and done, spoiler alert, uh, and, and you're revealed who some of the Cylons are, um, I didn't care, you know, mm-hmm. I was just like, I just don't, I don't care to have to get back into all this conflict and all this drama, you know, and no sound mm-hmm. effects in space, to, <laughs> uh, you know, and I understand what they're going for in that instance, but that's one of those little things. I'm like, if something explodes, I want to hear it explode. You know, right. I know it's space and you're not supposed to, but I want to hear it explode. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know it's a much beloved, uh, Series and people absolutely bought into it. I just watching the miniseries, I didn't buy into it that much. I, I would agree the miniseries wasn't that good. Okay. I mean, it, not compared to what the actual series itself was. Uh, it's actually my second favorite series of all time. I, I don't know what it was that just grabbed me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know Tom and I used to get on the phone afterwards, and I'm like, I don't know why I'm still watching the show, but I can't stop. Yeah, okay, yeah. You know, right. and then I just got hooked, and... I thought that See, that's the, how I feel about Lost. I don't know why I'm still watching the show, yeah, but I can't yeah, stop. Yeah, I, I wonder that too. I, I'm sorry, I, st- I stopped. I, I can't watch Lost. <laughs> nice. I, I know Tom does, but it's yeah, a I'm lot easier watching. to watch via like Netflix or DVD, where you where mm-hmm. you don't have to wait a week. Oh, I wait the week. I like that. Yeah, I like waiting. <laughs> sitting on those pins and needles. What's gonna happen? Yeah. Wait, he was dead. Wait. <laughs> But I just I thought that Battlestar just the way that they wrote the show and I didn't mind the fact that it was quote unquote dark. Proper use of rote, by the way. <laughs> oh, thank you. That was the proper use of rote. Uh, I, I didn't care that it was done that way. Yeah. I, I liked it because it made me feel okay, humanity is really on the brink here. I mean, these Cylons mm-hmm. are dangerous, they're deadly, they're scary. Now they look like us, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh there was no one on their name, John, but I almost felt like, you know, run, John, run, you know? Right. Run, <laughs> run. <laughs> what so, was, oh, my gosh. What was uh, what was Ellison? Run, Ellison. Yes. Run. <laughs> I love the episode when you guys, when um, Cromarty was down in the basement of the building and yeah. um, Savannah was going down there walking yes. the dark hallway. Yes. And Derek oh was gosh, like, run, so Savannah, run. Yeah, run, little girl, run. Yeah, the girl that we thought was a robot right off the yeah. bat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, so so Jay, are you telling me uh, go get into it, go go try beyond the miniseries? Uh, that's I'm saying yes. I, I'm saying that yeah. if you actually will give this some time, I think you're going to. How much time? You. How much time? A season two. Tommy, you gotta help me on this one. I would say watch the first season. Okay. Okay, watch it from episode one or however they right. write write them to to the last episode of the season. And okay. if you don't feel like going on to episode to season two. You know, hey, you gave it a shot. All right, all right. But it, it's in a way like lost mm-hmm. because if you were watching it on a weekly basis and for some reason you didn't have a DVR or a TiVo or something and you missed a week or two, mm-hmm. you're screwed. Yeah. Oh yeah, big time. See, so I watched. I, I think I watched the original miniseries on, when it was on Sci-Fi because as I was watching 
the miniseries back on DVD, there wasn't, I remembered it all. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I did see this. I did see this. I did mm-hmm. see this. Right. Um, and then the second disc in that season one begins, like, the first episode beyond that miniseries and everything. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, it's kind of like any new show that comes out. Mm-hmm. Usually the first couple episodes, not the greatest because the actors are still feeling out their character. You know, they're still trying to get because a lot of the times the actors come together and haven't worked with any of these other actors, you know, so they're still feeling not only feeling out their character, but feeling out their fellow actors right. in the show. Yeah, But do they really even have that kind of time now? Well, networks are canceling of. shows quicker well, than yeah. you know, they're not giving well, them a chance. And two, if you're going to and, and that's the thing is, is something's got to catch me from the get go, because I don't know that it's fair to me as a viewer to say, well, if you'll give us some time. Right. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, and, and that's one thing that when people are like, well, give it to such and such. Episode. I'm like, but it shouldn't have to be that way. But if you say it's worth kind of checking out the first season, I might do that. You I know, think so. I, I want to so. see, do we ever get to see more of the actual robot Cylons? Because I really oh, yeah. enjoy those. See, I don't yeah, necessarily like yeah. the, the human Cylon part of it. I'm like, mm-hmm. I understand why that's cool and why that's threatening, but... You know, yeah, the, I think it's so much cooler to see those robot Cylons. That the new, toaster Cylons, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, th- there's yeah, actually there's cool. an episode, and Tom, I think it was in the first season, where the Cylons actually come aboard Galactica, and it's the metal toaster ones. Yeah, it's like, like first or second ones? senior. Oh, no, no, awesome. no, they're the new updated. It's the updated look. Yeah, it's the updated yeah. ones. They, like they still call them the toasters, though. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah They yeah, still yeah, call yeah. them toasters. Okay. But uh, they invade Galactica, and it is awesome. I mean, they just crash right into the ship, and that's all it is. And, mm-hmm. I mean, there's gunfire and screaming. and it, it's, it's, almost reminiscent, it's almost reminiscent of how the battle droids get onto the ships in the Clone Wars, how they okay. take that one ship and just ram it in. Yeah, and yeah. Then come up, it, they, they just do that. And I got to say, that episode had some of the best acting I saw because I know that the uh, robot Cylons were computer animated. Mm-hmm. No, wait a minute. But the expressions on these people's face when they are – they look genuinely terrified. You're telling me they weren't there? They weren't there, Jay. Dang, blast it. That's why I like that show. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the actors did a great job yeah. at portraying like they were in mortal danger because from the looks on their faces, you can't tell that they're not seeing what's coming at them. Right. Well, you, you know, know what? I tell you, what, I think if the show can get some witty banter that's not – that doesn't have such a bite to it. When people right. are having the witty banter, I think I would like it more. If there were, if if I saw that there were people who genuinely enjoyed each other's company, but everyone mm-hmm. seems to hate each other. Yeah, true. That is an issue. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that is an issue. I'm like, uh, who do I know to like if everybody hates each other? Yeah, there's <laughs> you know? not much love there. <laughs> true. <laughs> it's not much love. But anyhow, guys, we'll we'll wind this thing down uh, unless there's something else. I, tell everyone where they can find you. Well, they can find our website at um, theunknownregions.com. Theunknownregions.com. Dot com. We have a Facebook fan page at mm-hmm. um, theunknownregions.com, all in one word. Just put that up in the search bar. Yeah, yeah make sure you put it all in one word with a dot com. Tom was just yeah. at the beginning. He was just saying the unknown regions. I got on Facebook. I'm like, Tom, we don't have a page. What are you talking about? <laughs> Yeah, you know, so anybody out there that was listening to the first half of our shows, we're not going to the correct place. Right. 
Um, why don't you go ahead and give our email address, Jay? That would be eupodcast at gmail.com. And Twitter. What? What about the Twitter account? We don't need Twitter. Don't worry about it. I don't even use the Twitter oh. anymore. I'm, listening. Okay. I'm not putting up with you guys coming on my show. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> None of that. Well, you can follow us on Twitter also at twitter.com backslash unknown regions. Cool. Cool. Well, uh, guys, thanks for coming on. I, I, I enjoyed talking to you. I, I, it's been a fun time just geeking out about the EU and telling you why you're wrong about what you're wrong about. <laughs> well, we well, appreciate thank you. that. We appreciate being on, Steve. And we have an invitation for you. Okay. Um, in a few weeks, probably, uh, I don't I'll have our weeks. schedule up in front of me. It's probably going to be like April, mm-hmm. May-ish. Um, we're going to be reviewing the, start reviewing the Thrawn trilogy. Oh, wow. And we would like to extend an invitation to you to be on the show when we do that. Well, I will, uh, I will have to dig those things out and reread them. Okay. And, uh, and, uh, as yeah, just let me know when you guys are going to do it. I, I, I think I'd enjoy it. Yeah, we'll, we'll awesome. definitely, we'll I will definitely, try not to derail you. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> I've heard all the podcasts that you've been on and you know, they always get derailed. So that's true. That's true. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're talking star Wars and you bring up BSG for crying out loud. <laughs> hey, at least, at least I didn't bring up too much Trek. Uh, what? Oh yeah, because you want to tell them that that was your favorite movie last year. It was. <sighs> All right, hit what? the little red button. <laughs> well, wait, wait. Let, let me justify why it was my favorite movie. One, it was really good. Two, J.J. Abrams directed it, whom is a huge Star Wars fan. Right. And three, all the special effects, ILM. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So and at least it wasn't uh, Twilight. And R2 is somewhere in there, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, you know, I tell you, I really did enjoy Star Trek, and I need to do a Star Trek-centric episode of Geek Out Loud at some point. Um, well, will you be able to? Mm, yeah. <laughs> will you make it through it? <laughs> yeah, I think I can. I think that when it's all said and done, though, I'll have to do a Star Wars episode again just to cleanse the palate. But, no, I did like it. I thought it. I, I've, I've gotten it on Blu-ray um, and it is it is amazing to watch on Blu-ray. It was made for Blu-ray, and yeah. when that it is definitely a Star Trek f- movie made by a Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I was I was I thought it was remarkable how they were able to keep to the old spirit of Star Trek while incorporating something for fans like me who always found who found Wrath of Khan very boring. Right. So, um, okay, Jay, we're not having them on now. We, oh, we can't. Okay. We can't have that kind of blasphemy. No, yeah, yeah, we can. <laughs> Dude, I'm not as loyal to Star Trek as you are. It's I freaking know. submarine warfare, and I, I don't know. I, I know. Just, I didn't understand that part of the thing. They're all being quiet on the Enterprise, like it's space. There's no air. They're not going to hear you. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was more of just a tense silence. It's kind of like when you're riding down the road looking for something that oh, you don't yeah. know quite know where it is, and you turn your radio down. Yeah. <laughs> So that That's you can true. See I never thought about that. <laughs> we got to sneak up on it. That's right. That's right. So, well, guys, uh-huh. thanks. Thanks for being on. I appreciate it. And uh, if you're a fan of the Star Wars Expanded Universe, definitely check out the Unknown Regions um, and, and let these guys know that you heard about them on Geek Out Loud so they will always remain indebted to me. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Guys, thanks so much for your time and being on. And, Thank uh, you, and we'll talk to you guys later. All okay, right. Thanks. On. 
And that, my friends, is what we call a wrap on this episode of Geek Out Loud. Thanks so much for hanging with us. Thanks again to Tom and Jay for stopping by and spending some time talking about the Star Wars Expanded Universe with us. If you're interested in getting in the Star Wars Expanded Universe, I suggest the Timothy Zahn novels. Track them down. Heir to the Empire is the first one, followed by Dark Force Rising and then The Last Command. I know it's been a long one, and uh, but I think it's been a good one. I had a great time with those guys. You got something to say? Email me, geekoutonline at gmail.com. Would love to hear from you. Uh, your thoughts on the EU debate, your thoughts on Star Wars, your thoughts on Battlestar Galactica, whatever you want to talk about. Email me, geekoutonline at gmail.com. i tell you what's going to happen in the next episode. I've got a ton of things to talk about. This whole DC thing that's coming down the pipes, Christopher Nolan uh, helming Superman, uh, what he said about Superman and Batman being in two different universes as opposed to just the one. Um... And among other things, the, the Green Lantern movie. we got a lot of different superhero movie news uh, that I want to talk about and get into. Not to mention your emails. We're going to hit that email bag, and we're going to hit it hard when we come back uh, next time on Geek Out Loud. So, guys, thanks so much. Once again, you are the greatest podcast listening audience in the universe, and I thank you so much for being with me. We'll see you next time on Geek Out Loud. Princess Leia. Look at Walker Chubby, food of Hundu.